The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. takes a long time for that dumb thing to get off the screen. Anyway, <laughs> good morning, folks. It is Monday, June 27th, 2022. I uh, hope you're having a wonderful morning wherever you are. It's Monday. I know you're probably on your way back to work saying, ah, it's Monday, I hate Mondays. I get it. Even though I'm not really going back to work, I get it. Good coffee this morning. I made the coffee, of course. Um, turns out, I got I picked really good timing to get myself thrown in Twitter jail. Uh, I actually got suspended on Twitter about an hour before the uh, Roe v. Wade decision came down from the Supreme Court. And since then... Uh, it's been pretty much on fire with uh, just Americans hating Americans, people just not seeing eye to eye. <clears throat> I understand the uh, emotion behind it. I understand um, why some people feel the way they do on on both sides. And I don't want to play both sides of them here. I'm going to tell you, and I haven't really articulated this before, my position on the whole friggin' thing about abortion is, I understand, being working in pathology uh, and doing many, many placental and, and fetal uh, examinations, um, a baby is a baby pretty early. And so... I'm not pro-abortion, but I'm I am definitely pro-choice, and I don't think the law should get involved in telling a woman how to make a very very personal decision. And what we're seeing is religion being corrupted and using used for political purposes to control people. And that's wrong. It's wrong no matter what the religion is, no matter what the faith is. Now, when Obama was president, and even uh, while Trump was president, we were hearing a lot from the right about concerns about Muslims trying to initiate Sharia law into the United States of America. What we are seeing right now is a Christian version of Sharia law. We want, uh, not we, and certainly not I, the phony Christians, the fake Christians, the people who corrupt 
any semblance of what the face was supposed to be about want to impose their will and make law based on religion. This country was founded on freedom of religion to protect us from just that kind of thing. No religion should guide our laws. Separation of church and state, they want to do away with that. Now, those people who are looking to control and get, make no no doubt about this, it's not, they don't give a fuck about protecting life. Most of them. Most of the ones... Um, advocating for the laws to be changed for uh, things like that. They don't give a fuck about life. They don't give a fuck about that. It's all about control and power. The ones who are pushing for that, they're not done. They're looking to, you again, corrupt the idea of their faith, make it a Christian nation, and impose their will on people. And it's not going to stop with abortion. It, it clearly is not going to stop with abortion. It, they're already targeting bedrooming, sexuality issues, sexual orientation, um, contraceptives, rights, rights, and and just a better. Listen, contraceptives are an important part of if you especially. If you want to limit the number of abortions that, that take place, contraceptives would be a good place to start. I don't want to get into the whole fucking thing, but we're gonna, it's, it's inevitable that that discussion is going to come up. But right now, what we are seeing is real ugliness, and I'm thankful to be in Twitter jail and not to have to be tempted to comment back to people that are just so filled with hate. And it's coming from the fascist side of it. You know, we are, listen, if you study history, far right, far left, the farther right, the farther left you get, the center disappears. The, the, people, the people who are <clears throat> not committed to any fucking team are disappearing. And what we're left with is fascist and... Not necessarily communist, but socialist. And you're going to have to choose one, right? Or lean towards one side or the other. Because the middle is disappearing. I want to stay in the middle. I really want to stay in the middle. But the middle is disappearing pretty quickly. It's an island that is just sinking into the ocean. And there's going to be no middle. I'm very much a pessimist for the United States of America. I think it's done. I think it didn't have such a great run. It tried for a couple hundred years. And it's going to go down pretty much in flames or just a mess. And kind of thankful I am not going to be around to see the end of it. I say that because thinking it's not going to happen overnight. If it, it could happen overnight. It could happen, could come crumble in a blink of an eye. I don't think that's going to be the case, but you never know. Anyway, yeah, that's good news for a Monday morning. That's happy news. That's why we tune in for some escapism. 
I'm just saying I'm I'm thankful to be off Twitter. Uh, my guest today is going to be John Pavaramo. John <clears throat> John is a uh, comedian who's definitely uh, got a lot of politics and a lot to say about what's going on in the world right now. And um, uh, he's on, very much on the left. And Kiera, for whatever uh, activism she has, is on the right. I'm not expecting them to get along. And I sent her a, a text last night saying, you don't have to be on the show tomorrow. I'm not saying don't be on the show, but I'm saying be prepared. You don't know what John's about. Here's what he's about. John is, um, I like John. He's a very good guy. Very good guy. Big heart for a little man. <laughs> um, he, and he's a very funny comedian and a very giving guy and a guy who is passionate about what's going on in the world. He, and I think that's a mistake in today's world. I think you got to... You got to just realize the game's over, man. Game's over. Fascist won. And sooner or later, I mean, there's no way no way to dig out of this. It's going down in flames. It's the bottom of the ninth inning. You're down by 10 runs. They have the best <laughs> relief pitcher on the mound, and you got the bottom of your lineup, of, and they're all hurt. You're not going to come out from the you, there's no mere no Mookie Wilson Bill Bruckner uh, miracle going to save you folks. <laughs> it's oh, game over. The options are either you stand next to the bar, uh, you run up your credit cards, you bang pretty women until you drop dead, enjoy the ride out, or you, or you fight an uphill battle that is going to lead you to be angry and, and just hating other Americans and, and fighting with each other. And the constant fight will weigh you down. That's not a good way to end your life or, or, or end the ride. Just fighting with people. I'm done. I got, I got no more fight in me. Got no more fight in me. I'm resigning. I, you know what? If I could, not for my wife. I would be in Belize right now or Costa Rica or someplace like that. And I'd be uh, running up my debt on my credit cards to the point of no return. Because <laughs> the way I see it, if you die owing everybody money, you win. <laughs> so that's where I would be uh, in this situation. It, it, yeah, it's not a, it's not a happy place to be. Um, so look forward to talking to John though, because I'm sure, I'm sure there will be a few ridiculous, if not sadly broken hearted laughs <laughs> in the hour when John gets here. Um, and so there's that. Also just, uh, reached out to Jeff Dwoskin. Well, he reached out to me seeing that, that John was coming back to the show. It's been a while. It, this is how long it's been since John's been, uh, on the show, but he has never met Kiara. John's been on the show a lot. He's, he's one of my go-to guys, but he hasn't been here, uh, since since Kiara was on the show. So he's never met her. That's how long it's been. But Jeff Dwoskin saw that. John was coming back and just said, yeah, I'll be back too. And I love Jeff too. Jeff is the, Jeff, I call my best friend. 
<laughs> he likes that I call him my best friend. We've actually never met. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that all started because I, I re- referred to him as uh, Scott Curtis's pal, Jeff, at one point. Um, anyway, so that's what we're going to have uh, later on in the show. Now, did you have a good weekend? We had a interesting weekend. Um, Friday night, Mikey and I did a duo at a place called Villa Sorrento in a tent tent on a stage in a tent in a parking lot behind the restaurant because ever since covid the entertainment has been outdoors and he still has not brought it back indoors so we were outdoors and we played for a, a pretty small crowd for for what we do i mean one of the smaller crowds that we've ever played for because generally we have a very nice size following and generally the rooms and place venues we play in have quite a big turnout just on their own. But this night, Friday night, pretty small turnout. It was an enthusiastic and uh, supportive small crowd, but a, a small crowd nonetheless. And it was getting a little chilly out, actually, when the sun went down. But it was a fun night playing acoustic outdoors. And then <laughs> that was in a parking lot behind a restaurant. And then Saturday night, Kiara and I had a gig at Prime Burger in, and that's not what it sounds like, uh, Prime Burger in Comac, New York, which I looked it up on the web. It was not something I booked in, the agent booked in. And the place looked impressive. It looked like an upscale restaurant from the pictures on the web. And it, in fact, is. So the name Prime Burger makes you think, oh, it's just a burger joint. It's not. It's a pretty upscale restaurant, but... Upon arriving there, I found out there's a tent in the parking lot, and we're playing in the parking lot in a tent again, two nights in a row. Um, not that I minded that. I like being outdoors. I prefer to be outdoors, especially in summertime, summertime Saturday night. And um, so, and again, a pretty small but very enthusiastic and supportive crowd. And People were staying long after their dinner was over just to enjoy the music and enjoying the fact that, oh, I'm getting attacked by a a bug. (laughs) Um, Just, uh, you know, enjoying the fact that we played so much diversity in music. We call ourselves Little Bits when I play with, with Kira, and that stands for a little bit of everything. And we play... Stuff from the 1940s up until stuff that might be on the radio today. A couple of original songs and stuff like that. But late in the night, there was a... Uh, and every every single table at some point put money in our tip drive. Now, that's a great thing. That's support. When every single person there comes up and feels obligated to tip you, they stay longer than their dinner. They stay extra long to just to hear m- more music. And they put money in the tip drop. Late in the night, a group of some 30-somethings, I want to, I want to say, uh, came over and put a nice, nice tip in the, in the tip jar. And, you know, it's right in front of us. You see it. And they request Stairway to Heaven. Oh, my God. Well, I never played Stairway to Heaven really in a band. I played it when I was 13 or 14 years old in my in my friend's basement for a couple of weeks and realized, first of all, 
It's pretty difficult. It seems like it. Oh, everybody plays that. Nah, nobody plays it right. Nobody plays it right. Not even the great Nicolotti <laughs> plays it right. It's true. Um, I think Jimmy uh, Jimmy Page probably doesn't play it exactly right anymore either. <laughs> it's very difficult, especially there's one point point in the song where it gets really tricky, unless you're really counting the beat correctly and there's no drums to keep you in line with counting the beat correctly you can fuck it up pretty easy anyway i never learned it right and never really wanted to i figured we would never play that in a band and still haven't played it in a band don't expect to play it in a band but when you i feel guilty seeing somebody put a nice big tip in the jar, request something, and then be turning them down. Oh, sorry, I can't play it. And something like Stairway to Heaven, they expect, oh, everybody plays that song. But nobody plays it right, and I knew I wouldn't play it right. (laughs) But we hacked our way through it, and it got a really, really uh, great response. They they really uh, genuinely enjoyed it. But because I'm, I just couldn't let that sit. That man, I fucked that song up. I really, I ruined it. They didn't notice, or if they did notice, it, they didn't care. Uh, probably more to the point. But I yesterday I spent a lot of time making sure I got every single note of that song right in case that ever happens again. <laughs> I want to be prepared, and found out just how difficult that part of the song is that nobody gets right nobody gets right and when i say nobody there are there are guitar teachers especially online who will point out that how difficult that part of the song is and teach how to get it right but most people playing cover bands or things like that Butcher the shit out of that part of the song. And you, you can go online, and if you don't believe me, go to, on YouTube and look for Stairway to Heaven covers and watch the part just before the guitar solo and watch bands just struggle at that point to try to get in sync with each other. It's almost universal. Every cover band who does a song struggles at that point to find out how to get locked into the groove again. Because they're counting it wrong. It's a very, very tricky um, and and intricate part of the song that nobody really ever learned right. Or very few people ever really learned right. And I'm not even sure it was done in intent, with intention. Anyway, Stairway to Heaven. Check it out. <laughs> the curious thing, and, and I, I was laughing at this, is every time people were, were finally ready to leave, they would walk past Kiara and just point to her and say, you're very good. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. I'm just fucking chop liver over here. <laughs> she was very good, very good a Saturday night. Uh, and I made her sing 90% of the songs, and she was very good, very good. Anyway, uh, so I hope you had a, a good weekend. And it, it, the weather today has turned a little bit dark. It's very humid, but cloudy and... Not very summer-like. And I can't believe that 4th of July weekend is upon us already. Independence Day weekend. Monday is 4th of July. A week from today is the 4th of July already. Summers fly by way too fucking fast, man. And the older you get, the 
quicker they fly by. But I, just no way to slow it down. I just want to slow it down. Take a take a breath. Enjoy it. Smell the roses, as they say. Damn good coffee. I ought to hire me to make coffee for myself every day. Oh, I do it anyway. Um. So yeah, that was the weekend for me. I hope you had a great weekend, and I hope uh, I hope it's a beautiful day. Be- you're having a beautiful summer wherever you are, and you know I hope you can make it last. You know, enjoy the good times. If you're not a summer person, maybe you don't relate to what I'm saying. I can't believe there are people who are not summer people, but it happens. I think probably some of the people in our chat room today are not summer people. <laughs> but uh me i am definitely a summer person i love uh summer it's my time um and um so fourth of july weekend is here and weather's not looking great for this weekend i have you know four gigs friday saturday sunday monday lined up but it's looking like i'm only friday night is an indoor thing kind of tricky indoor thing i just found out my uh the guy who booked it sent me a picture of the setup that i'm gonna need there kind of tricky i'm not really prepared for it as of today i have to be by friday night but that's an indoor gig in upscale uh, it's called in part of uh, long island called manhasset upscale money 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 uh and then saturday uh back at the garden grill our favorite uh, North Shore Lounge, Restaurant Lounge. And then um, I think that's it, right? Oh, no, Saturday we have a party, an outdoor party at Ebo Hill, Mansion at Ebo Hill, which could get rained out. And then Sunday we have a party back up in um, Oyster Bay, Long Island, which could get rained out. And then Monday on the 4th of July, it's still looking like a possible rain out. So... Might want get one and one gig out of four in, and it'll be a difficult one. So it's not looking great for Fourth of July weekend. I hope, certainly hope it's looking better in other parts of the country or other parts of well, the other parts of the world don't even give a damn about Fourth of July, do they? Uh, it's it's strictly an American thing, and it's going to be interesting. Um, we're so fucking divided in this country that what the fuck does the 4th of July mean to anybody? Independence Day. When every day you see more rights being taken away and and just, you know, battling for control. Not down with the religion. Not down with the religion. Not down with, it's not a Christian nation. Wasn't born to be a Christian nation. I don't have anything against real Christians, but very few of those fucking people throwing Christianity in your face are real Christians in any way. It's like they never paid attention to what the real message was. Like Christ is full of hate and Christ is full of hate and anger and, and Easter bunnies and all that stuff. And with that said, uh, can I even do this? I got to do this right now, right? Where the hell is it? Maybe I could do it in this way. Hold on one second. I am slow with this, I admit. I need to get an assistant to help me out with this crap. Um, Desktop, baby. Desktop, baby. 
Here we go. I got a T-shirt for you. It's available at MindDogTV.com. I'll put the link in the description. Um, T-shirt called it's. It says you're not a real Christian. <laughs> you're not a. You're not a Christian. And what we have there is the Easter Bunny holding an AR-15. Very symbolic of what the modern American bullshit Christian movement is all about. Easter bunnies, like Easter is Christianity's most sacred holiday. And they make a mockery of it by making it about a fucking bunny. And then he's holding an AR-15 because they're all about guns. Guns and Jesus. Guns and Jesus and babies. That's what they're all about. So the T-shirt comes in black and white in any size. It's $30. It's on MindDogTV.com. MindDogTV.com slash You're Not a Christian. I'll put the link in the description. And um, it comes in black and white, any size from small to 3X. And that's available today. Hope you check that out and support the show. It keeps the show on the air. Um, we are on. What happened to my Gov logo? I've, oh, man, I lost my Gov logo. There it is. No, that's not it. That was the book from the other day. There you go. <laughs> a little slow, a little sloppy. You're waiting, uh, Kiara, to come in any minute. I think it's a good time to play today's sponsors piece while we uh, wait, Kiara, coming in. And I'm expecting some fireworks today, I, I have to admit. Expecting a little bit of fireworks. Um, Two Fire is our sponsor today. Want to learn to play guitar? You want to learn how to play Stairway to Heaven correctly? Well, you should go to truefire.com and uh, use the link that's in the description today. True Fire is the best way to learn guitar online. There it is. Over 2 million guitar players worldwide learn, practice, and play with True Fire. Our learning tools and massive library of video lessons will ignite your technical skills, harmonic knowledge, rhythm playing, and soloing chops. TrueFire's educators are the best in the biz, from Grammy Award winners to world-renowned artists. You'll have access to an unparalleled faculty of over 300 top-notch blues, rock, jazz, country, fingerstyle, and acoustic guitar educators. Using our desktop and mobile apps, you'll work with TrueFire's multi-angle video lessons on any device, anytime, anywhere. Integrated learning tools such as video synced tab and notation, slow-mo, looping, practice jam tracks, and many more handy controls accelerate your learning experience. TrueFire's style-specific learning paths guide you every step of the way. Use our assessment tools to find your starting point, then follow our lesson recommendations and track your progress as you work through your personalized TrueFire study plan. Progress faster with private one-on-one -on -one instruction, group lessons, multi-track video jams, live streams, song lessons, student forums, TrueFire's Riff magazine, premium jam tracks, and much, much more. With thousands of five-star ratings and reviews from amateur and pro players alike, you'll find yourself in good company with the world's most comprehensive guitar learning platform. Grab your guitar and ignite your musicality. Sign up free for an all-access trial today. Yeah. 
Yeah, sign up free. The link is in the description to get uh, the plan. Now, you saw Frank Vignola's name listed there. Frank is uh, the guitar player on Jackie's, Jackie the Joke Man's work. Uh, one of the greatest guitar players in the world, along with Tommy Emmanuel, uh, is, was also listed in there. There's a bunch of great teachers. Steve Vai, of course, if you're uh, interested in learning shredding. There's no better place to learn that technique than Steve Vai. So many great teachers there at True Fire. I would check them out. Um, did you hear about Rudy Giuliani's assassination attempt? <laughs> oh, my God. This is how pathetic Rudy Giuliani has become. Remember, if you remember back far enough in the in the 90s, Rudy Giuliani was fairly respected in New York because the idea was that, good morning, Cat, uh, good morning, Craig, good morning, Kelly, good morning, Budsy, good morning, Ralph, good morning, Dean. I think I got everybody in the chat room covered there. Um, Rudy Giuliani was fairly well respected in New York because of the myth that he <clears throat> brought down the mob. He didn't bring down the mob. He was instrumental in replacing the Italian mafia. He's an Italian guy, oddly enough, with the Russian mob, the Brighton Beach mob. He basically helped. He was instrumental in giving the Russian mob free reign because he was so busy um, trying to lock up the Italian mob, Gotti and, and so forth, and all those people. But he was pretty well respected. Now he's just become a fucking laughing stock. And yesterday in a shop right in Staten Island, New York, he was campaigning for his dopey son who's running for governor. Man, uh, I would be ashamed I, I would be ashamed of, uh, uh, you know, of of Andrew Giuliani if he was my son. I would be, I would, I would disown him. I would move. I would move to another country. That's how embarrassed I would be to have him for a son. But Rudy was <laughs> campaigning for him, and a shoprite worker uh, walked past uh, Rudy and tapped him on the back with an open hand and said, "Hey, what's up, scumbag?" And kept walking. Rudy had the guy arrested and charged with assault. Assault involving a person over the age of 65 years old. The guy's probably going to go to jail for tapping him on the back and saying, hey, what's up, scumbag? But that's not the worst of it. The worst of it, well, for that guy, that would be pretty pretty much the worst. Of it. He's going to fucking jail for something that stupid. Probably, listen, you're not... You're in prison. When they say, what are you in for? You don't want to say, well, I tapped the guy in the back and called him a scumbag. <laughs> if you're going to go in there, you're going to I'm a mass murderer. <laughs> That's what I'm in here for. Anyway, uh, the Republican Party is positioning that as an assassination attempt. They actually called it flat out an assassination attempt. Now, this video of it, I can show you the video. It's clear. The guy open-handedly tapped him. First, they called it a slap on the back. Not even a slap. It's just a mild touch. And he said, hey, what's up, scumbag? And kept walking. If that's an assassination attempt, I've been 
the victim of an assassination attempt many times in my life. <laughs> Not that people call me a scumbag that often, but, you know, a tap on the back, keep walking. Damn, now I'm going to have difficulty finding this. It's in trending, right? Uh, if I just put in Rudy, it'll come up. Hold on a second. I want to show you the video. Just so you know, I'm not crazy. Here it is. Uh, I'm going to share it so you can know this is legit. It was just fucking tapped on the back. This is not an assassination tape. So when you hear it, when you hear people on Fox News telling you this was a uh, assassination attempt. Here you go. That's it, right there. That was the assassination attempt that they're talking about. He said he tapped him on. The, we'll watch it one more time. I'll play it one more time. The big assassination attempt. Assassination attempt. Here it comes one more time. Watch it because you could miss this assassin. Do you see that assassination attempt? Wow, amazing. Poor Rudy. He must be he must be freaking out about that. He must have shit his pants again. Anyway. Uh so that's how ridiculous things are getting. Where somebody just taps you on the back and keeps walking. And they're trying to call that an assassination attempt. Fucking bizarre people. It doesn't get any and maybe he didn't realize there are security cameras in grocery stores, then all this stuff has gotta be on tape. And of course it was, and I just showed you. But they're still running with that even after they found out that there's videotape all over the web of it, you know, and everybody's showing it, how ridiculous it looks to say you were attacked. Attacked, but not just attacked, a victim of an assassination attempt. What you just saw there, according to Rudy Giuliani, is an attempt to assassinate him. Fucking ridiculous. Anyway, Kiera's here today, this morning. I'm expecting fireworks when John comes <laughs> on the show. I I make that pretty clear. I made it clear to everybody so far except John. He's probably going to be a little blindsided by that. But let, let me welcome in Kiera and uh, say good morning to her right now. Side. Yep, she's on the wrong side. She's on the wrong side. What? Good morning. The wrong side. Good morning. Always I'm always on the wrong side. I know. Uh, well, good morning. Uh, are you happy today? It's Monday. It's, it's kind of gray out. It's kind of yucky. Yes, I, I am happy. It's Monday. Um, the weather could be a little better, but we need a little better. Times. Well, here's the thing. Uh, we we have a bunch of gigs this weekend. I'm not sure. Oh, if this you're... is the weekend. It's only Monday. I know. I'm already thinking about weekends. All I think about is weekends. I well, somebody just sent me a text message. Who was it? Who was it? Oh no. Um, the mail guy. The no, you know who it is. Postman. It, it's it's a uh, dispensary in Ohio that wants me to come there and buy pot. Okay. I don't text. have I don't have a card to go buy in in Ohio, and it would be a little expensive with gas prices and and tolls and everything. The sale that they're having on pot probably would not be worth it uh, for me to spend five hundred dollars in gas and tolls to get twenty dollars off of a, a very small amount of marijuana. It wouldn't mm. make it be worth it. 
but they send me this every once in a while. So here's the thing: we have this weekend coming up. I don't know if you're on the one, the Ori gig, because I think the what? He, Ori, Ori is the guy I used to work for who contacted Mikey. He has a an awards banquet for or, or something that he's doing a party for, and he asked specifically for five people, and um, one of them he wanted Steve on drum. He picked out. The guy picked out who he wanted in the band, and he was a fan of the band before you were around. So I don't think, I don't think he included you on that list of people he wanted to put. And it's not even jerk. a really, yeah, it's not even a, um, not even a playing gig. We're going to be sitting listening to an award ceremony, where, you know, where people get up and give speeches. I think you play for twenty minutes, they give two hours of speeches, then they you play for another twenty minutes, and it's done. One of those. But it's an outdoor thing. It's going to get rained out anyway. But I think Saturday, Richie's party, your Evo Hill, that's probably going to get rained out. And so yeah, we have. Yeah, it usually does. It usually yeah, does. Yeah. And we have Friday night at that place, Publicans in Manhasset. And the. Uh, Publicans the, in Manhasset, the two of us? Yeah. Okay. And uh, the agent who booked it sent me a text in the middle of the night last night. They have their own house system, but you need to fill. You need to be able to plug into this. And he's got a picture of the uh, the okay. setup there. And Send I don't have. Me. I don't have the right mix mixer for for that situation there. So I'm gonna. I have to figure out how we're gonna do that. And I'm not. It's like already Monday Can morning. I'm already like, stressing out about the weekend. Call them and say. Can we bring our own system? Would they mind? I think they uh, want bring my own system, but then plug my own system into their system so it goes into that. So oh that everybody gosh. at their table has their own little personal speaker or whatever. What? That's so much pressure. I know. Oh, whatever. <laughs> we can make it work. Yeah, but I'm I'm stressing on it. It's Monday morning and I'm stressing about Friday night already. So when's it's- that award ceremony? Thursday? Or no, it's Sunday. Sunday or Monday or something. It's ridiculous. Oh. It, I'm not looking forward to it. First of all, I shouldn't probably say this on the air. I'm not looking forward to it. I used to I used to work for the guy, and I'm not looking forward to going. I, I was a marketing director for his company, and I'm not looking forward to going and seeing him or his bookkeeper or any of the people who used uh, to work. For me, it's going to be a stressful thing no matter what. I don't want to play the gig. Anyway. Maybe I'll just fill in. I'll just be you. I'll just you pl- do that. Play. Could you do that? You know? I would appreciate that so much. Anyway, like you were, you were great on Saturday night. I was telling people uh, you, you were you were very 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 good. Uh, and every you. everybody leaving pointed that out they, when they walked out. <laughs> you were great. Not what? Get rid of the chopped liver. No, no. That's they it. said we were both great. And no, they said very. You were great. They, <laughs> no, they didn't. They did. They kind of even whispered it to you, thinking I wasn't going to hear. You were great. No. Not oh yet. my gosh! I keep hitting my phone. Um, and and you were and and the guitar was very impressive. And when we played "Stairway to Heaven," I was very impressed. I learned it correctly last night. I yesterday I spent like several hours learning "Stairway to Heaven" all the way through the exact right way, and nobody plays it right. Nobody. I'm yeah, not. I wasn't the only one who never played it right. I didn't notice that you played it incorrectly. I I didn't, and neither did anybody else. In fact, I don't even know if they were listening to us. But I thought it sounded great. Oh, thank so. you. 
Yeah. Anyway, I learned how to play it right. So if it ever happens again, now I could play it right. Not that I think we'll ever play it with the band. Well, I don't think. I we'll think ever. we should play it every time we have a, a duo, and okay. then we'll just just whip it out. I'm okay with that now because I know it now. I feel much more comfortable now, even though uh, I'll probably forget everything else. Now there were <laughs> there were a couple of songs that I I was like having brain farts for. It's like because. <laughs> If if I don't play a song on a regular basis and just put it in my back pocket and then come back to it later, I tend to I tend to screw it up a lot. So it happens. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so I picked a really good week to um, get myself thrown into Twitter jail because it's on fire with all the political bullshit and all the hate that's going on. Uh, yeah. So it's a good thing I'm not there. It actually might be weaning me off of of getting involved in in that kind of stuff so. uh yeah that's why i deleted my facebook i i couldn't deal with it anymore you know it's just too much left you, right up down up uh, down i'm not sure what the where where the up down comes in up and down up and down uh, highs and lows yeah yeah um, and it's it's uh you know it's like you you're constantly comparing yourself as well. I mean, I know I am. As a mother, there were other mothers on there like, today we're going to bake cookies and tomorrow we're going to the aquarium. And then the next day we're going to read stories. And, you know, and then you look at yourself and you're like, wow, I suck as a mother, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's hard. It's like you're just, and, and you know, and that mother, you know, it's not always perfect, but she could pose for the camera and get her kids in the pictures. And Nobody's a perfect parent, but uh, of course. I'm, I'm hypersensitive to that because yeah. uh, I feel like I was a failure as a parent, totally failure as a parent, obviously. Um, and I don't want to get into that. That's a real bummer for people. <laughs> um, no. But speaking of comparing, um, Carl and Jamie are doing their show tomorrow. Okay. And Kat is going to be on their show, but she's not going <gasps> to be on my show. Oh. Now that's upsetting to me. She's going to be doing cocktails for them because she's also like a a mixologist. Oh. Uh, she does like custom cocktails and stuff. But Ooh. and and what I'm I'm asking her to do is come and sing. So they're very different things. But uh, this is the second time she's going on their show, and still hasn't done mine. I'm a little hurt, and I know she's so, in. She's in the chat room. She can hear me. She probably. So wait. Uh, so she makes the cocktails and then she drinks them. Huh? She she, she makes, you makes a cocktail and she drinks them. But I think tomorrow, what's going to happen is uh, call in wherever he is, Bolivia or whatever the hell he is now. <laughs> um, and Jamie are going to try to reproduce what she does for themselves at their locations. Oh, that's have... exciting. Ooh, oh, I want to take a lesson. You think that's exciting? You want to try? Yeah. I think it's at 1 p.m. our time tomorrow. Uh, okay. Uh, of Dykes and Man on the Mind Dog TV uh, podcast network. Um, <clears throat> Kelly's always... Kelly is always trying to defend Cat uh, like it, like like she's her sister or something. <laughs> Very different times as well. Just yeah. saying, eh, blah blah blah. She's yeah. always trying to, you know, because I mean, up. it's in the morning and your your vo voice is Cat's all a, yeah, Cat's scratchy. A, she, she now I feel bad, kinda with a kinda <laughs> after it. 
No, you should feel very bad. You should be crying right now and and, and overcome with guilt and remorse. No. No. Singing and playing is more stressful than drinking. Well, obviously. Yeah. I maybe maybe if well. she had a cocktail and then came on the show, that'd probably be the best yeah. way. Cat, uh, Craig's saying Cat created a, a hummingbird cocktail. Uh, something going on with hummingbirds. See, now I'm off Twitter. They got some things going on there that I don't really know about. She's a sleepy girl. Like, I'm sleepy too. My sister for sure. Look, they're just oh. talking about- Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I don't know where this came from. Oh, because of my dream. How do you, you ever get a vibe that a house is not right? Like there's something about the house? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. I wonder right. if we could get someone to like go into this house that I might move into. Oh. And just feel around. Oh. I don't want to commit myself to this house if there's something wrong with the house. <laughs> now, have you been inside it? Or did you just look at yes. from the outside? Oh. Um, <clears throat> I've been inside it and I know the owners pretty well. Um, they're great people and they've been in there for 20 years, but maybe the owners before them, there's just maybe, so. I mean, the basement looks like it was designed to trap people in it. Well, listen, you're talking to a guy, <laughs> a guy who's had bodies discovered in his yard. So yeah, I get a bad vibe from houses. All, Did you all ever the... feel like there was like anything in your house or, that, or the skeletons were just there? They weren't killed no, there. Uh, there's been several things. First of all, okay, I li- when I lived in Lindenhurst, 67 Orchard Street, <laughs> Lindenhurst, New York, nine, what was it? 957-3656. I used to give that out all the time on my radio show. Like I, I was inviting right. stalkers to come and get me. Uh, but <laughs> That house, I was sure, was haunted, and we even had a name for the, the spirit or whatever that was there, Isabel. And oh uh, yeah, it was just creepy as hell. We knew that Isabel had died in that house. Oh, um, but like doors would, things would happen, manifest, like physically move in front of you, like really creepy stuff. And uh, right, I think I told the story because hair, hair, I told it with psychics definitely on the evening show. When my aunt died, my aunt was murdered in part of part of a serial killer thing in um, in oh Los Angeles, and it was right around my birthday, and I was devastated by it. I remember I was almost thirty, I think twenty nine when it happened, and right at my birthday, and I, I was really struggling with, with the whole thing. She was my godmother, my closest relative. How, well, how did it happen? I, I, she, I was, she was kidnapped at an ATM, held for <gasps> three days, uh, and they, they, you know, they were get, getting money out of her and all that kind of stuff. She was fighting. She was a fighter. And they, oh my uh, gosh! This was a, a, a a thing that they did. It was like this group of crackheads that were just abducting women from ATMs. Noon, she was out on her lunch break. Noon, middle of the day, abducted at an ATM in a busy parking lot. Oh, anyway, God. they held her for a couple of days and then basically shot her on the freeway, shot her in the head, and left her on the side of the road. Oh my gosh! Yeah, pretty brutal. Uh but I was really struggling with with trying to figure out what the fuck was going on in the world. And I had this book on telekinesis. Telekinesis is the ability to move stuff with your mind. Right. And just trying to keep my my mind occupied. Not Because I was the only one who could not make it out 
to the funeral because I could not, they would not let me off from work. I was working for A&M Records at the time and they would not let me off. From what? Work. Right. What? My godmother just got murdered. Can I go out to California to go? No, we, we need you here because we have no <gasps> other mastering engineers. And if you, if you go, you don't come, you do come back. Your job won't be here. Oh my gosh. So I was struggling with this and I was reading this book, just trying to keep my mind off. It, and I thought, let me try something. And there was glass in my kitchen on the counter. And I, I read the book about how you're supposed to do this. And I concentrated on moving that glass for like an hour or just staring at it, just trying to manifest mo- movement on it. Right. And I said, this is fucking stupid. And I closed the book and I went into the living room. I sat down in the chair and I heard oh. it was the, the glass jumped off. No open windows, no wind, nothing. The glass jumped off the counter and smashed itself on the floor. Oh, oh. And say I was like, yeah, there's some evil spirit in this fucking house, man. <laughs> Something weird. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of kooky. But that's one thing I will never forget. I don't know why I, I, I associate it, and I always tell the story, bringing up my aunt's uh, situation and, and the fact that it was my birthday, because that's you know those are significant moments in your life when you, when your godmother yeah. gets m- murdered right around your birthday. Oh my you know, gosh. that's what sticks with you. But yeah. Wait, when's your birthday? Not to August thirtieth. August thirtieth. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, wow. That is insane. Did yeah, they catch well, the guys? Did they not? Oh yeah, guys, they, they all four of them. And oh, the woman was pregnant. I think I told you the story. The woman got they got the I death penalty. So. And the woman one of one of the there were two guys and two women. One of the women was pregnant at the time. And <sighs> Uh, she had to deliver the child in jail, but I think she was st- still sentenced to death. Now, yeah. in California, they did away with the death penalty shortly afterwards, and uh, none of them ever actually were executed. But, you know, because you can do that stay, it takes forever to execute anyway, even when it's legal. Wow. So they, they outlasted the law. And I, I was against the death penalty and still still am i don't think the death penalty is a deterrent and i don't think we are ever as a state we can ever go down that point play a path of killing people because what if you get it wrong i mean nine nine times out of ten let's say it's right but Mm. what what happens when you get an innocent person and you're going to kill them well, it's a yeah. state. That's a, that's yeah. a terrible precedent to set for humanity. So. There's got to be something worse than death. You know. You would think. You would hope. I could think uh, of I mean, a few for, things. For situations like that where people were. Now these people. You know we we want to. The word evil comes up. But. Hmm. If you've ever seen good people. Good people become victims of addiction and be, and do some really right. really ugly, dirty things because of addiction. Right. You tend to kind of have some forgiveness for that. You have to. You have to understand that it could be you. But not you, murder. Not you don't killing know. someone. You, I know. You don't. You say that now, but uh, and Gaia was quick to bring up the the point in my life where. Um, I was always so desperate. I was considering killing somebody. I mean, so you don't know for, for what for drugs. 
Uh, actually, for, no, what I was killing, what I was killing, because I was sleeping on the roadside for five days in a row, hitchhiking in California, nobody was picking us up and I couldn't walk anymore. I was hungry. I was stinking. I was desperate. And I yeah. said, the next car that comes along, I'm just going to throw this lawnmower blade at him and knock him off and kill him and take their car. <laughs> Unfortunately, he picked us up, <laughs> and I didn't have to do that. But I was that desperate. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, it sounds insane. Oh, now. that's and where I... he got the lawnmower blade from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, hunger will drive you to insanity slowly. It, it was yeah. hunger, non-sleep, no sleep for five days, right. stinking like a wild animal. Right. <laughs> no, well, you always just... stink like an animal, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but and no, I, I, my feet were all blistered and still having to walk on all blistery. Feet. Yeah, it was just. You didn't was... have the right support. You didn't have sketches. It was because no, who expects <laughs> to walk from San Francisco to L.A. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought they. How pick many? Up how many miles from San Francisco to L.A. Two hundred fifty. Two hundred fifty. You walk two hundred fifty miles. Not, not all. Uh, we got picked up. The guy who I was going to kill with the lawnmower blade. I don't know how far he drove us, but it how did you more. get stranded in California? Back in the day, they used to have this uh, thing where drive our car across the country. If they were moving from somebody moving from New York from Long Island to San Francisco, they'd say. Uh, they're going to take a flight and they're going to have mm. the, all their furniture shipped, but I'm not paying to have my car shipped. Right. You want a free ride. All you have to do is pay gas, take my drive my car there. And I said, well, that's a good deal. I'll just drive to uh, San Jose is where I was driving the car to and then hitchhike back to L.A. But it didn't work out. What? That was a weird plan. You just yeah. thought someone was. Well, I guess hitchhiking back then was a little more common. I have not seen one hitchhiker. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it was totally common many back years. in the seventies. It was, yeah, oh. it was completely common back then. No, I've I've never seen one person with their with their thumb out, and I would never pick up anybody with their thumb out. Anyway, I, so. I think I mentioned this last week. It was we because it worked both ways. Girls would do it. Mm. As a way to meet guys, they would go, and I and guys would do it as a way to meet girls. Like, and all the we time, just we, watched, we just watched up in smoke when they picked up the, the two chicks and, yeah. yeah. Oh, you watched up in smoke, did you? I did. And I did. Did I, we I've have a review. Um, oh, you have. Yeah, I mean it was good. It was funny. Whose idea I was, was thinking, it to watch it, Matt? Mine, mine. Really. Yeah, but I was thinking that we could sing that song. All my cares go up in smog. I told Tommy that. I told Tommy that story uh, in my dorm what room. What story? In my oh. dorm room, I was sitting in this hallway and I was singing, Up in smoke, mm. that's where my money goes. In my <laughs> lung and sometimes up my nose. nose. And as I was singing, all the all the kids, I was in the freshman dorm, and all the kids came out of their room and were singing it in the hallway. We had the entire uh, freshman wing of, uh, of Eddie Hall singing <laughs> Up in Smoke together. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good song. It's catchy. Sing along. Nobody would yeah. know it these days. I guarantee if I, we played that on a gig, nobody, people would be like, what the hell are you doing? That's okay. Who's going to sing the Spanish part? Me? I'll be Cheech, you'll be Chong. Yeah, I, that's the only way it could possibly work. All right, I'll do it. Cat knows it. Hey, man, how's my driving? I think we're parked, man. 
Yeah. No, my is- oh, that was the other thing when he was on with me and uh, Jamie and Carl. He started. He, he went. He didn't Ooh. even realize it. Tommy. Tommy Chong. Oh, oh, Tommy. Okay. When, okay. He was telling us a story, and he started. Uh, Talking, you know, you gotta you gotta get mellow. What what, what yeah. happens with CBD when you when you smoke CBD is you get mellow. It kind of mellows <laughs> you out. And I I started laughing. I said, "You're doing that thing you did with Cheech in the movie, like mellow, mellow." mellow. And then what? Wait a minute! You interviewed Tommy Chong three times, four times. What? Times. Five times. Where was yeah. I? Uh, he doesn't do the morning show. It's too early for him. It's like it's seven o'clock in the morning for him right now. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I do him afternoons and evenings. I could get him uh, on the evening show anytime I want. I mean, basically, I can call him today and have him tonight for the the evening show. What is he doing? Uh, He uh, does lots of podcasts now. I think I was the first one to actually get him addicted to this, and then all now all of a sudden he's doing everybody's podcast. I actually feel like I feel like yes, you started something in me. I want to make. I don't know if I want to make my own podcast, but I definitely want to like post videos because everybody just posts videos of them talking, right? Like in cars, yeah. you know, I'm like, why can't I do that? Talking in I cars. I can do that. Yeah. yeah. So, but I've been giving people, I hooked a lot of people up with his contacts so that they could get him on their show. Uh, so, but now, now he's become like a podcast whore. He's just like, he's uh, on everybody's show. A dirty, show. dirty slut. I know. He's done a lot of kids' movies too. I mean, like we watched Zootopia, and he was like the the yoga guy. And, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't He's know done that, some but... movies. Yeah. Well, we talk we we talk about music a lot because he was in the fifties, mm. in the fifties, late fifties. He was a, a guitar player in a band and a, a rhythm and blues band, and he's still a, an active guitar player. And obviously, in all the movies, there was some musical aspect to it. And mm. Cheech was kind of a, a musician in some way too. So, they what always did he had do? He, he sang. Do? He sang, he but sang. he wrote. He wrote songs too. Uh, yeah. Basically, I think he plays a little acoustic guitar, but not. Like Does he that. dance in a tutu all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. with the nipple tassels. That's funny. Uh, Kelly says, "See, stars don't do morning." Well, John Pavaramo is is a star, <laughs> and he's going to be doing the morning. Uh, We've uh, interviewed him before. You. I remember him. I'm sorry. No, you don't. You never met John. Look, look, Kelly. I'm too tired to look. I guess I'm a star. Oh man. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you you basically dissing both of us then. You know that, Kelly. Thank you very much. (laughs) By saying stars don't do mornings. I don't do mornings. Um, no, we've seen. I've seen John before. No. Yes. When? Yes, he was eating turkey bacon. Yes, I remember that. Oh yeah, he was having turkey bacon. Yes, we talked to him before. I looked him up and ever I researched who he was, where he lived, what he does for a living. I was like, "Who is this guy?" You you can't tell from his pictures, but he's a little guy. <laughs> he's how little? Like five four? I'm gonna have to ask him because uh, every picture I see is always next to other people, and he they might be like six eight. Yeah, you know? that could be. Kel is my ride or die. She's my hype woman and mm. my club security. That's right. You need a ride or die by your side. A chick that's going to fight for you. I have one of those. I don't know. Well, you know, one time I was getting picked on uh, in the soccer, on the soccer team, on the bus. They were all like making fun of me. I was picked on in high school. And I went and I told my friend, my ride or die. And I said, you know, they're messing with me. Come back me up. And we got there. 
and I was in my bully's face. And my friend, my ride or die is behind me going, can't we all just get along? Does this have to be? Come on. We can all be friends. And I turned around and I said, uh, you're supposed to be backing me up. Can't we all just get along, Nick? Oh, wow. That's a song from Hank Williams Jr. Can't we all just get along, Nick? It's my neck. Long neck bottle. No, long neck beer. It's the... The beers with the long necks on it. That's... She wasn't saying long neck beer, okay? She wanted, like, everyone to sing Kumbaya. And I was like, no, that's not what happens. You're supposed to have my back. I have your back. You have my back. Let's go in there. Let's tell this lady to stop. A girl at the time. So uh, I don't know if she would really fight for me. I don't know if she really would. If it came to blows, I think she'd run away. Came to blows. Yeah. Yeah. So I need a new ride or die. Maybe I'll put an ad in Craigslist. Looking for woman, friend who will have my back. I don't think there's yeah. such a thing. I'll just call her up. I call the girls. I think women. Uh oh, I'm gonna get myself. My my brother. Go ahead, say it. it. Go ahead. I think women are very catty and backstabbing of each. Other. I think so. In yeah, general. it's true. It's true. I've I've had some lifelong friends. Um, I think and if if Kelly had the chance, if Cat turns her back for a second and Kelly's not aware, <laughs> and she's not aware of it, Kelly will pull out a knife and and stab her in the back. And careful and now, careful now. Um, no, I've, I've I'm very loyal to my friends. I am, but I've been betrayed. I and it hurts. By went by girls, by girls. You see, the thing about betrayal is it never comes from an enemy. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh. It's so very you, painful. Did you bring us anything uh, happy no. today? Happy news? Okay. Um, let's see here. I forgot what article I picked because I was half asleep. Kelly says, um, I was, I'm right. She has very few women friends. Except for Kat, right? You, you would stand by Kat forever, right? Yeah, wink, wink. I will stand oh. by you forever. Oh, I used to do that song, but it was terrible. Really? Yeah. My, well, it's a way to paid. You want to, you want to know the story behind that? Did you get into it? I was I did. What happened? Uh, and now this is, I'm going to be forever like humiliated if I tell this story, but, uh, go ahead. My wife and I went for a walk our first night together. We went for a walk on the beach. She could not look oh, me in the eye. She could not look me in the eye. It was like well, she I... was that shy. She just couldn't. She Aww. couldn't look me in the eye. She was Aww. shy. Aww. So we went for a walk on the beach. Came back to the house. This house. She was living in this house when I met her, and um, oh. uh, she was about to lose the house. <laughs> about to lose the house. But um, oh. so we went went to the beach and came back to this house and we were sitting around and I noticed my stepdaughter's guitar was was sitting there. I said, "Do you mind if?" Because I, she was making something in the kitchen. I said, you mind if I just pick that up? And I picked it up and I started to sing Hero. And she hero. said, she, yeah. Okay, hero. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I could be your hero, baby. Uh, and she started to cry. She said, I prayed for a hero. Who said that? The <laughs> My daughter? Wife. My wife. Your wife. She said, she said, I prayed for a hero and you came into my life and the first thing Aww. you do is pick up a guitar and start singing Hero to me. 
<laughs> oh, that's pretty cute. That's yeah. cute. That's not humiliating. I could just. It is it's, for it's me. Pretty, did you sing the whole song? I did the whole song, and as you say, getting into it, I, <laughs> I did it. That's so uh, cute. Yeah, the ladies I've met though Stan, uh, through Stanhope are a different breed, though a superior class of broads. <laughs> broads. <laughs> ah. Yeah, she. Yeah, she's a dude like me, bro. Yeah, you need dude friends that are women. You know, I had a dude friend. We're With termites. We help our own. Good, good. You need a, a pack of broads like that. Jamie Dog is a romantic. Yes. No. That is so cute. I'm not I thought, really. I think I that was what she thought. You, <laughs> but you are. Come on, you are. You said six days after you met her, you want you proposed? I did. That's That's romantic. That's cute. It's cute. Every girl, every woman wants that. Well, not anymore. But there are some women that still want that. that, Yeah. 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 But you know what I found out the hard way? No one's coming to save you. You got to save your own ass. And then, you know, it's fun. Well, (laughs) in in, in her case, it worked out because if I had not shown up when I did, she was going to lose the house. She would have moved to North Carolina. Her daughter would have been raised in North Carolina or whatever uh that those, those were in the plans so i'm uh, looking came... to move to north carolina yeah south carolina well, south carolina yeah but it would have been a whole different thing her daughter would not have and ended up getting married when she did or having a grandson when she did the whole right. life would be different the she'd have life. a twang a southern twang maybe she'd have a you know an easier way of living everything would not be nice and slow and relaxed you wouldn't have these Long Island drivers, like, you know, beep, beep, get yeah, out Yeah, what way. about, um, I, I think that was an exaggeration. Uh, Robert on Friday said, houses in Pittsburgh selling for $50,000. That's, that's got to be an exaggeration. $50,000. You can't even buy, like, a doghouse for $50,000. You can't even buy gas for less than $50,000 here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I went grocery shopping. I bought, like, eggs, bread and milk and it was like 532 dollars i i was thinking about that yesterday i used to go to the when i'd go out for milk or bread or whatever i'd bring a 20 now i have to bring a 100 and the whole thing goes i went out for i went out just for stuff yesterday you know just running out to the store for bread and milk and stuff and i spent 98 dollars. i was like holy and it's every time i go to the store now you got used to bring a 20 was the thing you just grabbed to go make a quick stop at the store now yeah. it's it's um whatever it is a hundred dollar bill anyway yeah. um you know i'm a pessimist right but how big of a mm. pessimist i am, am i Here, here's how big a pessimist I am. how big john, are how, how big are you john pavaramo hosts a um a so show a weekly oh sometimes a five times a day show but right. often at least like two times a day or at least one time a day show called Dystopia Tonight. Mm-hmm. Dystopia, meaning it's all about Orwell's worst nightmare coming true. Right. I'm more of a pessimist than he is. He still holds out hope but isn't in some mocking, ridiculous way. But isn't he mocking that that some people call this dystopia? No, not, I think he he's he's just pointing out that we are living in a dystopia. Anyway, I mean, let's ask him way. and we'll find we'll find out. Oh, he's but here. I think he's here. Now I, I just want to say this, that we need to get clear on this, but I think he's got a problem. And I think his problem is hope. I think he, he 
He's clinging to this. <laughs> if I were a young, if I were his age, I would want hope too. I'd want some hope. But being hey, my don't talk age, about his girlfriend like that. Oh yeah, leave the comedy to him. All right. <laughs> Hello, hopeful. How you? How you guys doing? Good morning. I'm flattered that you think uh, I have a girlfriend looking like this. <laughs> <laughs> Looking the way I, I, if I did, I, I don't think I would be allowed to uh, look the way I do. Look like I was somewhat homeless. Like I look like a, a police sketch of somebody still they're still looking for in the seventies. I saw mm. you two. I saw pictures of you two weeks ago in a suit. You look dapper, my friend. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, and I was in a suit. I don't remember what I was doing, but I you was were doing some kind of red carpet thing or some interviews or some. Oh yeah, emceeing yeah, yeah. type deal. Yeah, they let me into a consulate. That was weird. They shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't have done that. No. But uh, I, I do think you have a problem in that you're holding on to a glimmer of hope. Um, I, I think, I don't know, you know what it is? I think I'm more hopeful uh, on like an individual basis than I am as a, because you're, you're kind of both, right? Like I, I am kind of mocking the severity of the dystopia that everybody, because, you know, we live in that kind of uh, sensationalist, culture where that word gets tossed around a lot like right. that's the thing i love about the whole dystopia thing is it's like you can you can if you google it you can find every newscaster every news reporter anybody everybody kind of using it in their language that it kind right. of loses somewhat yeah. of a meaning but um but i do think we're living in some kind of seventh circle of hell like <laughs> there's there's no question about that but i do i do want i like i like to emphasize the fact that we are living in it like i don't I don't like to despair only because um, <laughs> I don't have ho I don't have hope, but I like but we are all fucking barreling towards the grave. So, right. I mean, you know, what am I going to do? Like, you know what I mean? Like like shit makes me I think people think I'm angrier than I am online. Like, yeah. Or, or yeah. yeah. Then I actually like like because I, I think I have something to say and I say it, but I'm also right. one of those people who like. As soon as I say it, I go and eat a bag of M and M. You know what I mean, or like, or or go have fun, or, <laughs> right. or do whatever. Like, I'm I'm never just like, oh, what are we as people gonna do? I, I I know there's literally nothing I can do about half of the shit. Right. I'm angry about. I just I, sometimes I just like to say something because I feel like no one is saying what I want said, which I feel like we all kind of get. Right. right. Yeah. No, I feel like we all like we all like to use social media just to howl at the moon, like yeah, just yes. to curse the moon. And but uh, at the end of the day, nothing's gonna uh, come of it anyway. No. I mean, and, but, but that's also what's so dangerous about social media is like mm. people people are hiding behind their screens and saying whatever, and sometimes it's hurtful, especially comments. Have you ever read comments on people's videos, like how terrible yeah. people yeah. can be? <laughs> Yeah, like, no, that, dude. That, yeah, we had the uh, the singer songwriter on the other day, uh, Robert Andrew Wagner, not heart hmm. to heart Robert Wagner, but first like time he, he he was on my show, he he generated so much hate comments, hate email, hate comments on all the video, uh, <laughs> wherever what? it was, uh, not because of his music, but because he he had a political. Something to say, an opinion, and it wasn't necessarily you couldn't really tell if he was left or right. But I got from both lefties and righties what a dick that guy is, and like, oh, wow, you know, I'm sick of fucking musicians and actors and people trying to tell us how to live. And it wasn't really that; it was really a soft sell. Basically, what you do is pointing out how fucked up things are in yeah. a right. kind of humorous way, but they didn't take to it. Poor yeah, Robert Wagner. 
And poor and yeah, and Robert Wagner actually caught most of the heat. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oddly uh -huh. enough. But yeah, it, it is kind of messed up. I mean, I don't uh, the thing that bothers me about online culture more than anything else is how, you know, because our journalists are so fucking lazy these days, like they pick up on it. Like it wouldn't really matter if you think about it. Like if, if people yeah. said shit online the way they used to, it wouldn't matter if, you know, people weren't trying to use it as clickbait all the time. So, right. It, like it doesn't take much to make a story out of it. Yeah. But it, but you know, considering it doesn't, and they can get paid for doing it, and the more clicks people get for uh, oh, reading bullshit, so you just go, oh my god, what are these fifteen people saying? Uh, what's the new hashtag? I don't have to research this; I just have to know what the people are feeling, and and then right. you know, you you word it in a way that makes it look like everybody's fucking losing their minds, and then you know, hillbilly yeah. Bob out in the middle of nowhere is like, what? The, gay, <laughs> the gays are coming from my guns and then they, and then they you know Scott, Scott Curtis came here to insult you wow uh, John, love, John looks like Robert Crumb drawing his, oh Robert Crumb drawing so I don't hear from Scott forever and then you come here and he just comes here to insult you and then leave see this is what we're talking about the, the bad part of social media happy birthday by the way word. Scott Curtis. Oh, hey, happy, happy birthday. birthday. I, th I think he's like 60 or something now. Or close to it. 59, 58. Which I want to get to you, uh, John, because uh, lately, I think twice <laughs> in the last week. First, uh, I saw, I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm in Twitter jail, so I can't respond to oh. any of it. Uh, but I heard you say something about older comics. Now, that was one thing that I wanted to ask you about, like what defines an older comic? What point do you get there? But then it's the um, the stuff with uh, Elaine Boozer talking about her generation. So I, I want to just first clarify, mm. where is there a line where somebody becomes an older comic because i know you're not you're not a kid you're not an old person yet no but you're somewhere in the middle but what what will that line be 45 50 when do you become an older comic i just think of older i mean i i, I took a real big swath there I, like i tend i tend <laughs> to i tend to generalize online to save time like it's no, <laughs> you know because i'm like oh i only have 160 characters but I, but i always think of it like uh comedians from the 80s you know, when I when I was thinking of that tweet in general, when I said older comics, I do think of the the generations that have passed me by, like right. the, like because the, they you know that's the '80s comics have such a specific um, kind of look for some reason at the like not all of them, but uh, but a lot of them seem to have come out of that Carson era, and they are one they're no longer funny anymore, which is a bummer. For me because i i i do like i do but like they didn't keep up with it and then you know they have no idea it's like you know what it is it's like jackson brown and um not jackson <laughs> brown not jackson brown um um it's too early for me what the fuck is the name uh, what's um oh who sang sweet thing and um um you know uh van morrison van morrison and eric clapton Nope, not oh Eric Clapton. God. Who the is it Eric? Yeah, yeah during the Eric pandemic. Clapton. Yeah, who, yeah. Who like who like thought they were being true to form hippies and were protesting? The only two idiot, the only two musicians protesting the vaccine and shit and lockdown. Like you know, they were like, "We're gonna do," you know, "We're rebelling." This is what we used to do in the set, and you're like, "Oh, dude, dude this is so sad." That you think that that's the you know whatever, but it's like that's not protesting. Yeah, yeah. definitely because not protesting. What were like, they doing to pro singing songs? 
No, they were going out doing concerts, like during like the height of COVID, and they oh, were refusing the vaccine. But so was every vaccine. celebrity, really. They were all no, no. This was at, at the point where there like, was no, no, oh. no, no shows nowhere. And, yeah, uh, they were. Oh. They were like, we gotta, you know, you gotta fight for your right. And you were just like, oh fuck off, dude. Like, if we're, they just oh. missed the point. But like, there's a lot of older comics that have that kind of. Um, get off my lawn fucking, they still like, think they're rebels but they are uh, really like grandpa at this yeah. point and they're yeah and they're part of the fucking machine you know what i mean like it's so because here's the thing comedians in the 80s you know uh they they slept till one you know what i mean like they, they hung out late <laughs> they uh they which i love everything i love about comedians is and 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 shit that I feel like I'm naturally inclined towards anyway is like you know you know hanging out late in di- night at diners you tell jokes for like an hour a night actually probably even less then because you didn't really have to have a fucking long act in the eighties like if you got five minutes you went on Carson you became famous you toured the country they paid you in cash or cocaine like whatever it is like <laughs> they they had it so much better and easier as far as comedians are concerned right they didn't really have to fucking do anything you know none of them they all rebelled against their parents Delhi you know whatever the I don't know why. I'm referencing Richard Lewis, but but they all, you know what I mean? Like they, their parents worked in some kind of machine factory and they were like, I'm not going to do that. I have an opinion or whatever. Right. And then, you know, they they moved to L.A., went to the comedy store, Boston, D.C. or whatever. And then, uh, you know, and now they're like older as fuck. And they're like, these kids today don't know what working is. You know what I mean? I'm like, you fucking used to do cocaine off of Robin Williams' dick in the back of the comedy show. Like, are you out of your mind? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what did you, you know? So I don't know what the disconnect is, but they they became part of that, the machine, and they got wealthy. And uh, and now, they for some reason, they have an opinion on the youth. And right. there's nothing worse than older people having opinions on the youth. Wait, oh, I but, get it. but I older get it all people were younger once. Yeah, yeah they were. But so they, they once when times were different. So, so you they can't can... really relate to the youth of today if you're an old person today. I, I get have it an all the time. On the youth today, and I'm not well, young you could anymore. Have, yeah, all right. I, you're, I you're have a, I do too, to a certain extent. Like I like, but mine is more like. But I like. I, what's weird is like theirs is very. Like, again, like, I just think they're part of the machine. Like, they're very capital. Like, they're like, they, you know, they need to shut up and they need to work harder. And they're not like, they literally have a problem. I remember watching this thing, uh, uh, Bill Maher doing it. Who's like, for some reason, become the most curmudgeonly piece of shit that's currently on a, a major network, right? Where he's uh, talking about TikTokers. And it's just his, he's fixated on these, these people who were, or, um, you know, living in van, like the van lifers. And he's like, you know, and now they're monetizing it and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, what did you fucking do? Like, you used to, you you brag openly about having to sell weed while you were doing stand-up for a little bit. And then, you know, or or, or whatever it is, like, that's how they're making it. Like, they wouldn't have to do that yeah. if, you know, like, you know I don't like funny? the boomer stuff. Like, I hate it. Like, I, I don't like calling people boomers just because they're older. Right. But I do yeah. believe it applies when when they have that kind of attitude, you know what I mean? When they feel like they're completely disconnected from how people have to make money and the situations that people face today. Like then I'm like, okay, yeah, now you've, you've gone to that point where you're just a dick. My only memory of Bill Maher, my own, cause I don't watch him a lot. My only Mm -hmm. memory comes from when he was on Johnny Carson 30 
plus yeah. years ago, complaining about Danny Thomas uh, being out of touch with young people and and you oh, know wow. all. And so it's funny that you, you he's the guy you're talking about, and I know he has become that old man that he used to complain about. He used to talk about how the old guys they're out of touch with with the youth of today, but they never had any talent to begin with. And I look at Bill Maher mm-hmm. and I'm think, that's yeah. you. <laughs> yes, yeah. you it, uh, exactly. It's so weird <laughs> they choose that that road. Yeah, Kara, mm. what's your opinion of young people today? Since you have one, oh, you're I you're allowed to ask me, have one. I thought you were going to ask me who Bill Maher was. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I don't no idea. <laughs> no, do you know? A, no, let me look. Can I, <laughs> oh, that's can hilarious. I, wait, can I take? A, well, I was actually looking up Robert Crumb, and I thought this was a very funny um, picture of him on a. <laughs> If that guy had uh, long hair, he might be looking like John. We're Hatch. about the same size, though. Uh. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, we okay. want to know how tall you are because me. Yeah, b- because oh. uh, every time I see you with pictures in pictures, first of all, I know you're not very tall in stature, but no. every time I see you in pictures, you're standing next to guys who are uh, very tall in statures, and it makes you look even smaller. So you look yeah. like you're, you're probably about. But I, it's a terrible thing to say. No, <laughs> no, it's fine. I, you know, what's crazy to me. I'm like the last person on earth who would. I, I don't acknowledge my height. Like I don't ever think about it. Uh, I'm five four. I, that's right. what I said. Really? I, I am so good. How tall are you? You seem like uh, you're tall. She's like seven me? foot tall or something. Yeah, yeah I can like tell you're tall. Look yeah. at that neck. Look at these man hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so great! I just throw you against the wall. Yeah. No, I'm. Uh, you know what's I'm crazy five, though? Six. You seem. Oh, you're five six. Oh, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah. I mean, that's not that much taller than you know. I mean, like I thought yes. you were gonna be like you're like six one. What are you wearing? Six inch heels all the time because you're you're my height when we do gigs. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, I know. But nice. let me tell you, the first couple gigs because you they play four hours straight and they don't and they don't have breaks. My feet were like broken. <laughs> <after>. <laughs> Um, I actually like developed like calluses and like extra bone structure in my foot, so I could actually like stay for four hours and heels. I step. Oh, I actually know. I was who thinking he is. about Jess this morning. It's I was this like, guy. I, I, yeah, I know. Jess, yeah, Jess, that's it. Jess Paul's oh, yeah. in the chat room. Now. I was thinking about her. By the way, if you haven't checked out uh, Jess Paul, oh. I think it's .net. I'm not sure. There's JessPaul.com. Uh, wonderful actor that's been on on uh the mind dog tv stuff uh but i was wondering what happened to her because i haven't heard from her in a while she says i stopped watching bill maher after the van life segment uh watched him for years and then nope he lost me yeah uh, yeah every now and then he comes out he's got like a like it's it's so weird because he'll do that editorial at the end and he'll hit certain points that i'm like oh wow okay cool nobody's ever said that or like whatever it is and i still think he has some reverence and then he'll do a whole fucking segment like having the complete wrong fucking take. And I don't know, maybe, I mean, you know, he's always been um, somebody who's gone after whatever audience he thinks he can get. Maybe crystal ball just undressed him last week. He did. She did. And and Uh, that was just like (laughs) pathetic to watch, but it really was. But I fucking loved it because he he never has anybody on. That's another thing that bothers me about him. Like, dude, if you're fucking swinging that HBO dick around, have somebody on the show who you can argue with. Like, what What are you What are you having these, like, because everybody goes on to, you know what it is? It's everybody, he, he has people that go on his show to kiss his ass all the time, too. And it's always, like, that conservative thing where, like, they're happy to be there because they get their message out and he's happy to have them there because he looks like he's diplomat, you know what I mean? Or, like, he's part of the cool, like, reasonable crew. And it's just such 
soft hand job bullshit. Like, mm. um, uh, but it, <laughs> it, it, you know what it is? It's like that. It's like that thing where, like, again, I like, I like Johnny Carson. I, I, I used to watch him when I was younger. I used to watch him in reruns. I appreciate the humor and all the celebrities back then. What I can't stand is the mentality that those guys had, like the reverence for shitty people. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. like, I don't have any reverence for anybody whatsoever. If they're like Elaine Boozler, I think she's a great comic. <laughs> I know what she's done comedically, like for women and, and, uh, and for that generation of comedians. And I understand the area she, she kind of developed in, but then you say something like she said the other day. And I think what a cunt. <laughs> and, and can I say that this early? And am I allowed? Yeah, to? yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, good, good, good. Um, I like how I check after the fact. I'm like, by the way, I think, I think, I think, uh, uh, six fifty nine a.m. is the cutoff point where you can't say that. But <laughs> yeah, but like, like Mike, like I don't. Then I don't have any. Like I know because you know, um, you know, her husband is her manager, and he was also like he managed the Doors back in the day, which is his claim to fame. So he still thinks he's hot shit. Like I'm here to tell you that you're not. Like I'll have re like I'll do it up to a certain point, but if you're a dick, I'm like, what am I now? Now I'll just tear you apart. I don't care. Like, do you, you know. think age is, is what does it to these people? No, or, or is it money? Because I'm thinking money. But I think with Bill Maher, this is definitely uh, apparent that he's become he's become an elitist without realizing. You know, he's a guy who gave a million dollars to Obama's campaign without without blinking an eye. So he's yeah. he's definitely wealthy enough that he's got enough money that he's not connected to real people anymore i think i think if people become rich it changes them of course it does um, i course. think it reveals i think it kind of reveals who they always were to begin with mm. like i think if i think it allows them to kind of uh, the freedom to to really be if they're an asshole they're an asshole if they're not they're not because look Ooh. at ray romano that guy's fucking loaded and he's always looks at adam sandler that's a yeah. guy who's who's got more money than Christ, and he and he still stays. He's still. A, I hear he's a very nice guy, and he still just wears regular. You know what I mean? Like shorts. Yeah, he's and, he's the guy who doesn't. He, yeah. You know, he he doesn't have any ego at all. It yeah. seems like John Stewart, Lewis Black. Uh, yeah. You know, all those guys. Like they kind of just kind of. You know. Oh, I'm glad you brought up Lewis because that's one of the guys I'm extremely jealous that you've had a chance to interview. But the other one, and I, I kind of was uh, lurking in in the room, and it, it goes lurking. back to what we were talking about uh, with with older comics. Mm. When you had Robert Klein on, now here, here, Gary, you know who Robert Klein is? Okay, I gotta Google this stuff, guys. You don't know? That's my point. I, I gotta see Robert his face. Klein. Hold on, it, hold it, on. To me and John, I think you'll probably agree with this. He's the closest thing to a living George, George Carlin that we have now. Like yeah. he's he's that guy who. Um, he just sort of symbolizes. And you talk about uh, reverence. I have yes. an extreme reverence and just in awe of Robert Klein's talent. He's still with us, but the mm -hmm. generation that, that really is, uh, should be watching your show or really should be learning from your show. Doesn't even know who he is. And I think I that's fucking sorry. Sin. Yeah, sorry. I know it, it is. It is a, <laughs> it is a sin because he's such a, a, a huge, well, I saw him, <clears throat> I got to hang out with him and I got to see William him. William Conway's a 42 year old comedian, by the way. Never Thank heard you, of William. Him. Never Hi, heard William. of him. What? <laughs> Um, Sorry. it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, it, yeah. It is. The reverence thing is like, like I do have a lot of, I, I think he's a guy who deserves it though, too. Like he's still sharp as fuck. He's still with it. I mean, I spoke to him for, he was on the show for like two hours 
and he he was up to date on every every aspect of pop culture and like you know uh politics and all their stuff and he's always kind of had the right take even i think he might even be even more not that he's more left than i am but he's just very like you know he's very with it and it's and it's crazy to me like he's still sharp as fuck so i mean i know i say the older comic thing but it's like when i look at you know like even like i had mike binder on the show and i love mike binder but he's got this hard on for guys like rogan that's the carson connection thing right so like yeah. those the, that generation i don't think they would give a fuck about rogan at all if he didn't have if he didn't make that hundred million dollar deal um and if he wasn't super super fucking popular right and that's a shame like that, that's a shame because if you like the guy you like him right and it wouldn't matter because if he was in the clubs and he had that kind of opinion you'd still have that kind of reverence i don't know that they would if he wasn't successful and i think guys like that from back in the day need that they look for that because you know those guys like the approval of rogan it's even mar to some extent because i think anybody that totally mar went that, on rogan's podcast and totally kissed his ass for totally three hours yeah, and anybody and and Mar used to make fun of like Mar had Rogan on politically incorrect a couple times, but just as a moron because right. that's what you know that like they used to kind of go back and forth, and I don't think Mar gave him the time of day, and now he's like you know again kissing his ass, and I think that's that Carson thing. I think it's another successful man giving them the <laughs> the okay. Here's another problem with my people. Scott, mm. Scott, <laughs> Scott Curtis says, here's another problem with my people. We think Kiera should know all, all the old Thank you, Scott. Up. No, I don't think she should know you, all the old get, fucks, I but she should know Robert Klein. That's like on. George Washington. Yeah. George Washington <laughs> was, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't think of yeah. anything right now. I'm tired. I, uh, no, he fun. wasn't a good comedian. I will no, say that about George. He wasn't a good comedian. <laughs> he sucked. Every time I saw him, he just fucking bombed You're every right. time. You're married uh, and you have kids, right? Yes. Okay. Get up. Well, I'm just didn't excuse me for two seconds, but I'm just gonna say the, the reason why Kara doesn't know who Robert Klein is is because uh, she's attractive, and I'm assuming she's always been attractive. Oh. And you don't need to know. Thank like you. we are losers, so we know. <laughs> Like we with that's who we clung that's who we had to cl cling to. And if I feel wait like wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You think that I'm not a loser? No. <laughs> no, I, no. I was not in the same way. No, I was. No, I've got to tell you, I was shit on <laughs> elementary really? through high school. Oh yeah. I was I was right. I was I had it I had it rough. Ooh, I I grew school, up wow. No, I, I did. I grew up in a, a small town. Um mm -hmm. I was it Living was... in a lonely world, Abu yeah, no, no, abusive, no. Uh, abusive. Uh, um, I was mother the only who... Italian American. Okay, when I moved into that, when I I graduated with ninety kids, they asked me if I was oh. from Africa because I had like <laughs> curly. So yeah, and you know they used to call me Bird's Nest because my hair was curly, and they said oh. it smelled like you know moldy cheese, and oh. it was really hard. Because okay. I didn't grow right. up in Brooklyn around people like me, so yeah. Well, I did. I was born in Brooklyn, and I I got moved to AZ and shit like that, and and then uh, I came back and then grew up in Jersey, which is kind of Brooklyn point. Right, it's kind of like a little Brooklyn, right? Yeah, so, little Brooklyn, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. But that's like blend. I feel like I feel like most w women who like had like who were you know I'm sorry again I'm objectifying, but like the uh, or who are attractive, they don't need to know who comedians are and they don't need to they don't need to do anything because they're just, you know, they're too busy being pretty. But pretty goes away. Pretty but you goes know away. George Collin, right? You know George Collin. It goes away. 
I know George Carlin, yes. But okay. that's what I mean. Robert Klein is on that level with me. Uh, maybe oh. it's my just my um, maybe I'm putting Klein too high up. But for me, no. he was to me. I liked him when he was doing a far more talented than, than Colin was ever because he's not just a comedian; he's an actor. He's a, a musician and a songwriter and just a, mm. a, a amazing talent author. He and, really you is. Know, but actually, you probably recognize him if you saw him because he he has been in so many movies right. and different Law and Order, <laughs> Law and Order, yeah, a lot. Wow, he's, he's so great. Um, but there's a bunch of I mean, my friends don't know a lot of ba- they don't know a lot of bands. You know, like that's a thing. Like uh, Harry Styles came out with like a new record, right? A, a record. Look at me, what a fucking piece of right. shit. I, I'm not I'm not even from that generation either. But I'm like a record. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's reverence. So I had so, but he just came out and like three of the songs like are straight off sampling '80s music. Like mm. one of them is completely aha, you know what I mean? Um, right. uh, like the the same kind of riff in the beginning, and then my friends will listen to it. I'm like, oh my god, I love this, but in the same breath, we'll <laughs> also be like, I hate '80s music, and I'm like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, do you not hear that? synth in the background you dumb piece you know but to them 80s music is like the one phil collins song they heard that sucks right which is a yeah I but like you know that. or yeah. whatever it is that they just latched onto so they think they don't like 80s music and i'm like well then you're you'll hate the weekend too buddy because it's a lot of his shit sampled off a new order you know yeah. and stuff. speaking of 80s music and this not necessarily 80s but you got a legend on tonight uh yeah. grand grand parker <laughs> yeah grandpa yeah grand parker's gonna be on and I'm, I'm sure they don't know you know but that's right. the cool thing too do you find that when you have guests on at least like you know your your friends who do watch who might be a little younger or even some who are like the flip side if i have somebody young on and some of my older friends are watching they'll be like oh my god i had no idea who this person was but i like this shit now and mm. it's like oh yeah, yeah, right. I've, I've gotten a little bit of that, but not that much. And I don't, I don't generally get, uh, and uh, you know, I'm gonna because I'm thinking about doing a nighttime show. I'm, I'm probably committed to doing a nighttime show, but I'm trying to get some, uh, some money behind it. I cannot wake up again. <laughs> no, I want to do a nighttime show that is completely different. I, I was inspired by that James Corden guy uh, wanting to le- uh, saying he was leaving CBS, and I like, you know what CBS is going to do? They're just going to replace it with another Carson wannabe. It's like late night won't get off of being Johnny Co- Johnny Carson wannabes. Hmm. It's like college kids and, and young people need something new at that hour that is just totally ready to just say nuclear bomb that fucking guy with the couch and the eight minute interviews that mean fluff interviews and and yeah. you know so i, I want to do something, something completely different that nice. is late. I, the interviews are, are about like I, it's so fucking annoying to have like people on who you know are just there to like even if you're there to plug something like plug it like maybe mm. show a commercial for it or say it once but at least then ha- you know like have a reason for being there other than just to do your your celebrity shit you know yeah because they are interesting they're they can be interesting we've all seen them you know do shit like that but then they come on and they're like ugh, 
You know, now, I ha- I've been focusing more on people with like real substance. I've had uh, for the for my nighttime show rather than having entertainers on. I've been having people who like tomorrow night. I have Lori Garver, who's a uh, former head of NASA, who uh, under Obama oh, nice. tried to to change NASA completely. And her book is called Escaping Gravity. So wow. I want to. I'm going to get her to help me bury the flat Earth people once in a while. So uh, it'd be great to kind of just make fun of Kiara and all her beliefs about that. But. Um, <laughs> don't bury them too deep though. and, and gen- generals who were attaches to ukraine and stuff like Ooh. that people who really you know have some knowledge that and i know that's boring to a lot of people but for me it's interesting so i put it out there that's you do the what you do matt don't and worry this, about this is more fluff in the morning is what i'm saying so how do you guys I, know that's a huge mug how do you guys i'm a little uh intimidated not gonna lie to you i have a um, small head i have it <laughs> How do you guys um, know each other? Uh, we we dated for a while back in the 30s. I was going to say that. I was in the say 30s? That. You no, took yeah. my line. No, uh, actually, somebody asked us if we were married the other night on, on the gig. Yeah, I said yes, and she cute. said no simultaneously. Um, she, uh, we were Nobody playing. Ask me if I'm married to anyone. They always ask if I'm like, they're like, do you need help? I see following you. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, why? I couldn't even if I wanted. We were uh, playing a gig on the beach uh, four Memorial Days ago, and uh, we had a guest singer come up, a, a female singer, and she was singing a four four non blonde song, oh. and, and uh, the, you know the, the one, the big hit. Uh, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, right. what's going on? And she was she had a wireless mic, and we told her to go around and pass her out on the mic to to people out out in the audience, and they, she did one after the other one, just awful awful and then she passed it to kiara and she started singing and, and mikey mikey my partner in the band looked over at me like <gasps> and then he went, he went and gave her a card and said call me <laughs> that's, that's great. how we know each other so well, she, by the way, she, my 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 point of view was uh my kids were two and four so hmm. they were just not like able to be independent so i i took a starbucks uh venti you know, reusable cup and put like a whole bottle of wine in there and uh, <laughs> pretended it was like juice or like <laughs> some kind of frappuccino and then went to the beach. It was like my first night out and I was really drunk and I was like, yeah, and I was in my <laughs> cardigan. I, you know, my hair was in a bun and they were passing the mic around and I was like, it's me, it's me. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's great. What happened. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But, yep. So she's been with my, the band since about uh, three days after that. <laughs> yeah, and, and my kids were playing like the maracas on stage, and were whacking Matt in the nuts and stuff. And so it was a good time. It was a good yeah. time. I could have used you at the Tears for Fears concert I was at the other night because uh, during Shout, I don't know what possessed them to do this. Like they're all. First of all, let me just tell you right now, Tears for Fears, those dudes sound exactly the same, and it's wild to me. Like you know, because you go see some people like from back in the day, and they're like, "Ooh, they can't really hit the notes anymore." Mm. Crushed it, fucking just crushed it, right? So uh, they're doing their encore set, and it's of course it's shout, you know. I'm saying this. Do you know Tears for Fears, or am I just talking? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know Matt knows Tears for Fears, right? Yeah. Oh no! God, no. Come on! Who is that? Showing the seeds of love, shout. Uh, I know shout. I know shout. The world. I, I just didn't know that they they that's their song. Yeah, so Shout's their, one of their songs, and everybody wants to rule the world. So anyway, they're doing the Shout thing, and they get to the part where they're doing Shout, let it all out for the first time, and he hands it off to some goober in the front row, and the guy's just like, I mean, I'm not even getting but he's just, he like literally didn't sing at all. He just screamed it at the top oh, of his yeah. lungs, which <laughs> threw all of us. 
like everybody in the audience off because it was just like yeah we thought it was him and we were like fuck he's really lost it and then we looked on the, the <laughs> yeah like, but it's it's worse when you we get a lot of that because mikey hands out the mic a lot to people in the audience we get a lot of people who sing off key but it's far worse when they sing out of time and it throws the entire band off like yes. the drummer gets lost and it's like where where are we yeah uh, right. it, uh, that's the my, my my mic stand was hijacked by a bunch of frat boys remember that remember that oh, oh my gosh it was terrible cool. for like I think six or seven songs they had my mic. And Matt was like, get it back. Like, I'm not going in there. I'm not going in. Like there were six of them around the mic and they're breathing on it and spilling beer on it. I was so upset. What's your favorite song to cover? Oh, gosh. Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> yeah, we did that. I was pretty impressed with it. It's pretty fun. Freebird. Um, <laughs> the, other, the other night somebody requested Stairway Acoustically. to Heaven. Yeah, yeah, right. And I have never really learned that song correctly ever in in my whole life. And so wow. somebody requested, but he was a big tipper. He came up first of all. He, he before he requested it, he put a nice big tip in the jar. So I'm like, now I feel guilty if I say no to a big tipper. That's I. That's like a disgrace. Yeah. So yeah. I got to try it, and I know that I'm going to hack it. You did it well. Come on, you did good. I I, I did. I got through it. Yeah. But then yesterday I said, you know what? It's I'm almost 63 years old. It's time I learned a song that every 13 year old boy can play. Uh, <laughs> so I learned "Stay Away the Heaven" correctly yesterday. In case nice. that ever happens again. Good. You know, there should be a list of like because there's the songs that songs everyone you can knows. Never yeah, but there should just be a list of like I will no longer play these. Right. But like, like you should cover like really obscure shit that no one. No one would ever ask you to. Thank we, you. That's we, pretty we much what I want to do. I do right? a lot of that. Like, do I'll yeah. do nice. John Prine's Let's Talk Dirty in Hawaiian. I do Commander Cody, Smoke That Cigarette, which is actually Ooh. a Merle Trash song. You know, all real 40 songs. Like the other night I did Swinging on a Star, which is a Bing, Bing Crosby song. I was yeah. just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, man, that's good. I've never, I've never heard anybody cover that. That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, and old people didn't know who it was. They're like, "What song is that?" I kind of, I think I know that. What is that? It's like Bing wow. Crosby, man. It was a fucking huge hit when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Even I want to cover uh, one Greta Van Fleet song. Oh yes, I, yeah, just so one. you want to cover a, a Led Zeppelin song covered by Greta Van Fleet? Yes, yes. Why, why did, like oh, did they do covers? Because they sound no. like Led Zeppelin, but they don't, they don't even, do covers. They don't yeah. even admit that that was one of their influences. It, really. Yeah, I, I talk That's about that all the time. It's like but, it's like such a shame, you know. And then and then they interviewed Robert Plant, and he was like, "They don't even, they don't even give me any credit." Yeah, it, That's so dishonest. it's almost like hilarious at this point because when they're interviewed about it, they're like, "Who are your influences?" And they're like, "Aerosmith." Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Bon Scott. They said Bon Scott. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, a little bit, but totally, totally Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Julie Andrews, you know, they'll say everybody but <laughs> <What's that>? Julie <laughs> Andrews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just the level of absurdity where they're like, you're just sitting there watching them and you're like, say it. Right. Once. They should. That, they should. They that's should all I hear when I when I yeah. listen to them. And they're great. I, yeah, yeah, they are. I, I they, just I'm so blown away by his voice. 
Yeah. That I just kind of like put that other stuff but on. But yeah. they are lyrically, if you're a lyrics person like me, they're very lyrically weak. I mean, they are like Robert mm. Plant was though too, except mm. for like things like Stairway, where it would be, or uh, some of the songs that were really deep, like when he's getting into like uh, Tolkien and stuff. Yeah. Well, the the th- it's funny that he, in one of the interviews, Robert Plant was saying there he said they are uh, Led Zeppelin one. Because right. the, I think he was saying lyrically, like when we started, we weren't like he was acknowledging it. He was like, they're at stage one. Yes. Right. Like, yeah, you know, that makes voice sense. and everything else is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so these days, your taste of music seem to be all over the map. You've got and you've had a lot of these kind of storyteller guys that most people would not be necessarily familiar with. They're not like pop stars. Right. Uh, what what is, is there a bag that you find yourself more comfortable in that? musically like that your taste running um yeah i mean i'm i'm a, i am I'm, I'm a huge 80s guy i love all that kind of stuff like no. um <laughs> yeah 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 um 60 like so my mom kind of brought me up musically on like 60s 70s and 80s music and then i obviously grew up in the 90s so i have a lot of nostalgia for like all the 90s bands and stuff like that in early 2000s and my dad's taste in music was older like my mom likes frank sinatra and stuff like that too but my dad loves all the doo-wop shit so like <laughs> i have all that in my head and you know for better or worse you know what i mean because a lot of that doo-wop stuff you know they loved it because it was they were watching you know gangsters bury people in a gr- you know what i mean or like right. somebody in the backyard so Right. or you know whatever it is so like that kind of mixes in my head too but i like i like storytellers man i love um i like concept albums um and uh and i love singles so i have all that kind of mixed into my head and i love like i think the best band in the world right now uh without a doubt or like they're on the precipice of it is wolf alice ellie rousel is like one of the fucking they're, they're just a, an amazing band and i look I've, them up Wolf oh, Alice. Wolf Alice! Great. Their their latest album, Blue Weekend, is beautiful. The whole thing from start. How do you to get exposed to it? How do you get exposed to new music when you find? Uh, are you got like this is I the question? That's yeah, because most people who my age, you know, the boomers and the people who were just like oh, set in their ways. Come on, there's no good music today. Yeah, I say there's plenty of good music. It's how you find it and how you expose to it. In the old days, when you had radio and that's all it was, it came to you. Now you have to be more proactive and go out and search for it. And getting exposed to good music has become a lot more difficult, especially with all the cookie cutter bullshit that's out there. Yeah, it yeah it is. It kind of sucks. I mean, like if you're, I understand like when old people complain about certain things sometimes because I feel like they're trying to get their music the way they used to, which is like MTV ish or even like they'll be like, oh, I, I tried to watch the Grammys and and they all suck and I don't know who's going on and it's all the same shit and it's like, yeah, no, the Grammys do suck. Um, <laughs> they're not they're not a good represent. Like one like Wolf Alice was nominated, but you wouldn't. Ooh. They didn't get to perform and like. You know, they didn't win and, you know, like, so, you know what I mean? It's still always like the Beyonce's and whatever and, and people who have like 1500 writers, you know, right. it's never like Matthew Sweet or anybody, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's always, always those guys. But um, yeah, I look for it all the time, man. I, I like, you know, if I'm, even if I'm out somewhere and I hear something playing and I've never heard it before, I Shazam the shit out of everything. I'm just like, what is this? And what does that sound like? And my friends and I all share music with each other. So if they go to see bands and stuff and. Uh, like a harpoonist in the axe murder I had on and I found them from being out and listening to bands and shit like that when I was in like California and stuff. And they're just pretty great. 
Wow. We have to say goodbye to Gov's Comedy Club Network goodbye, right now. Goodness. Yeah, goodbye, Gov's. We'll see oh, shit. Later. Are you guys? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, uh, we're we're on Governor. Now, have you ever played Governors? Oh, you yeah. Would, absolutely. Yeah. Open for Dom. First time I was there. No, first time I was there, open for Joe Starr. Great comic. Uh, he got me into the club. And then um, I opened for Dom Irera and, and all those guys at Governors. I used to do the brokerage and Governors. They've always been they've always very nice to me. They're just so oh. far away. Yeah, because uh, uh, I've never seen you listed there. It's like, you know what? Um, Long time ago. Oh, yeah. So are you, you're out doing comedy again now? Or no, you're just concentrating on the dystopia tonight? I'm back the... out doing comedy now. Um, I'm doing my first, I haven't done stand-up in, since uh, December. And um, because like right when Omicron hit, I did it in December. So I, I would say that I didn't do it in ja all of January when Omicron hit because I was supposed to be doing like a bunch of gigs. And then Omicron hit and everything got moved down the line. And then, um, you know, that kind of we all decided collectively that we're not going to we're just we don't nobody gives a shit anymore. <laughs> like they're like you know like every day the numbers were like a million dead and people in the u.s were like yeah but there's this restaurant i love on ninth and my <laughs> wife and i haven't been able to go so so we just everyone was like yeah i guess fuck it um so i'm going back out i'm doing uh my first gig back out is uh june 30th in medford new jersey at this place called studio 67 and then i am co-headlining with john fugel saying in dc that's um, cool yeah, yeah. We've been looking to do stuff together for a while. And then um, I got this gig in D.C. and it got moved back. And then I was like, oh, well, let's bring John and let's uh, let's co-headline and stuff. So now, you've been on his thing. serious show, right? But I, I, he's never been on Dystopia tonight yet. No, he's he? been on Dystopia. Oh, I didn't, I didn't catch mm. that one. It was in, oh. it was one of the earlier ones. Uh. Yeah, but he's been on. He, he fucking crushed it. Yeah, he crushes everything. He's amazing. He, that he's was a shot in my own like it's one of those things where i was like yes let's fucking he and i are gonna go out and co-headline together and then i've been such a like even before going on his, his show and shit like that i was such a you know because i'm a comedy nerd like a huge fan of his anyway because he was always a v he's a vh1 guy you know uh loves his music knows his politics really well and i was like why the fuck would you pair yourself is he a, uh, not not to open up a whole uh, can of worms here is he a christian because he seems to be a bible scholar he knows every verse <laughs> chapter and verse of every line in the bible <laughs> yeah he is he, he really does and he's one of those dudes who's like he's just um he knows his shit so well because i'm just an eight i mean i'm like i'm agnostic i don't give i i just don't care i'm basically apathetic i'm gonna like an apatheist i guess is what they call it because i'm just like i'm like there might be but i don't oh care God. Yeah. Um, so like, I'm just like, whatever. But he like he can fucking school anyone. And he's yeah. always going after the evangelicals and shit. And uh, yeah, he's, he's he, know, he knows the Bible better than any of the preachers that that are online. these days, And I, I, I find that inspiring. Yeah. He's just got yeah. a wealth of information. He's super smart and quick. And uh, you forget, like, I forget I'm on his show. Like when in the beginning, when I used to go on. I would like because they would he would be talking about something. And I would just be like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that's, that's really true. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, that's really funny. And then he would be like, John, what do you think? And I'm like, pardon? <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing a show together? Or, oh, shit. Uh, uh, yeah. I thought I was just watching live. Yeah, he's he's fucking awesome. He's the best. Right. Mm. But yeah, um, I'm going back out and doing stand up. Man. And I honestly, I'll tell you right now, though, I w if they ever like because, I, you know, I'm doing all this other shit. I'm doing the show and 
we just um i just wrote up a bunch of shit for dystopia tonight and it's now being like kind of passed around for streaming stuff and seeing if anybody wants to pick it up like on a podcast network and shit if anybody wants to take me out of the clubs i will not look back Really? <laughs> like I'm well I'm that's so what I wanted to ask you about because you're talking about earlier about the Carson era comics and all that stuff. The I think and you'll know better than this. this I, I want to ask you this question and I'm trying I'm struggling on how to word it, but the the goal behind doing stand-up comedy I think has changed. In the old days I think there were oh, the old days I even hate that fucking phrase, but uh, <laughs> in the past the idea was not everybody's idea, but many people's idea was do stand up until I can get a sitcom or something mm. to get uh. out of the clubs. Now it seems there are more people who are into stand up as lifers, and that's the the goal as lifers. Do I, do you clarify, am I? Yeah, you. Well, because they, I mean, you. So, so all the they stopped handing out sitcoms like fucking diplomas, basically. Right. Like, Where you know so when that happened and I don't know when exactly that happened, maybe mid nineties, late nineties or whatever it was. But like, um, cause even when I, I started in 2005 when I was, and uh, they, there was a lot of like headline acts, quote unquote, or whatever you want to call them who were just around because they had no place to go. There was no place to move up. So we all started piling up behind each other. And, you know, a lot of those guys became bitter cause they were just, you know, it, it wasn't as they were left over from like, you know, I guess the old days, which we, I can't stand saying that either, but they were kind of left over. Right. And then, um, now I, I think they see guys like Bill Burr and Burt Kreischer and, and even, you know, I'm trying to think of who the other, I'm naming some other people too, but like, like even Jessica Kirsten, who was fucking hysterical or whatever, like, yeah, you can just do stand up, right. And become pretty success, like wildly successful, like Burr or um, even Louie, you know what I mean? Like Louie didn't need a show, but he created his own show after the fact because that's what he kind of wanted to He liked directing and doing he movies. He was a film, make, film guy before he was a comedian, I think. Mm. Uh, I don't know if he just... was before, but <clears throat> he definitely started out writing and stuff and he liked the the back end of it um, before he started to get into, before he started to develop, really develop his act. But yeah, they, they uh, stand up had a, like a boom and there's all these fans and shit. But now I think it's like, you know there's so fucking many of us again where it's just kind of like you don't you know you don't really need a spe- like I, don't, I never really want to spe- like in the beginning i think i wanted a special because i thought that was like what made you stand out everybody's got a special yeah. and they're not special no and, there's nothing special about specials anymore. <laughs> right and it's almost like yeah and it, it's almost become this thing where you i mean it's it's a marketing tool anyway to just get people out to see you so your special doesn't have to be even that great. You know what I mean? Like there's so many guys I know on Netflix now that have a, have a, like, even if it's 30 minutes and the same thing with like the late night shows don't make you who you are. And they kind of strip you down. Like if you Mm. closed your eyes and walked out of the room and they just played 30 comics from Colbert, you wouldn't be able to, you'd be like, it's all, is that all the same guy? Right. Right. Doing like, cause they all have to sound the same and have the same cadence. And you know, they all wear the same kind of suit and shit. So there's nobody really standing out. So I don't know. Right. It's not. It's never been a. I think when right. I was younger, I wanted it because I was like, "Oh, this means something." And now I just think like I can just get good, and right. it, and maybe take it into a different direction. Because everything I've gotten, you know, uh, has been been because I wanted to tell jokes at night 
you know, that's about it. And if I'm funny, you know what I mean? Like, like that's so, it's so funny <laughs> to me that like, that's like, but, but you know, hosting the red carpet gig is from, you know, building dystopia tonight and building dystopia tonight is because I've been doing stand up for 16 years and I met a bunch of people. And then I have the, I have, a, I have stupid confidence, which I shouldn't have probably. So it's okay. like this dumb, you know, like it's this shit that you build up. No, you definitely shouldn't have any confidence. I I frown on confidence. Any nobody should have confidence. I agree. Everybody should, everybody should be totally insecure. Just a wee whatnot. bit. Just a I wee bit of confidence. I think I have. Yeah. I think I have the confidence enough to know I shouldn't have it. So I'm just like. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, this feels good, and I'm like, oh, but it probably shouldn't, and it just mm. keeps going like that. Well, I I want to now. If you don't want to comment on this, that's uh, fine. I think you will though. Oh, you'll 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 be okay with it. Uh -oh. But you mentioned Mike Binder before, and love Mike Binder. Uh, and and specials and he you know there's a couple of specials that netflix put out one was the saget thing and the other was the yes. norm thing uh, Bi uh binder did the um the saget thing and yeah. uh, for me it was unwatchable and i i appreciate mike binder's um passion for what he's passionate about but i do think everything seems to be about his friends and stuff and, and like when he did the comedy store thing for showtime it was clearly who he was a fan of and he was disrespecting a lot of great comics that had history at the comedy store that didn't get included in that and then the saget thing well i get it opens up with like 10 minutes uh, of jim carrey and and jeff ross doing like some stupid blues improv thing it was just unwatchable to me mm. and it just feels like i just want to get your take on the two two big specials that came out po for post-mortem specials the uh saget thing and the norm thing did you watch them i did um and i got you know i mean mike broke the news of uh the saga thing on on dystopia which was great right. because it went that. to tmz and people magazine and all that shit and that was cool, and I got to see some of it then. I don't know. I I, I haven't really talked to anybody who um, who's kind of outside of the comedy thing to see what their take on it was. I think I must have liked it just because I it 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 is kind of what a, a comedian funeral is like. You know what I mean? Like it is. So it was kind of familiar, and I and I liked seeing it, and I liked seeing those guys. And so I don't know. It may have been. It may have been. For me, like, that one was more of it should, it should have been for the family and friends and other comedians to go in private to honor their friend. But it wasn't for the fans of Saget. As a fan of Saget, I wanted to see, you know, it be more about Saget than people's remembrance of right. or just like. I think make, if they do a documentary on Bob Saget, like I think they should do something on him. But I think I I really like. Oh, am I breaking up or out of sync or anything? Because no, feel like you're, you're fine. Oh, okay. No. Um, Am I like I think um, I think it, I, I like I like people who document shit. So like whether or not it was like the special everybody wanted it to be or maybe it was about they wanted more Saget or whatever. I really, really do appreciate that he filmed something like that because it's never <clears throat> it's never been filmed. And you always hear about it after the fact. And I and I like crystallizing something like that in that moment of time because I, I, I like what Mike's done and I like what Judd does. And I like what uh, Paul Provenza does, like all those like there's a in Dan Pasternak, like there's a select got group of guys who, who are like just these historians for comedians and entertainment and like maybe what goes on behind the scenes. That kind of shit I always love. So if it I, I love Provenza's uh, passion for the history of comedy yeah. and all that stuff. He's, and if it flops like something like that, whatever uh, the, the norm thing, I did not. I watched the end thing of it because I watched a little bit of it. 
but I don't know, man. I think maybe just from living through, um, you know, like the pandemic, like the rest of it this did and kind of watching Zoom shows, I kind of had like um, PTSD for like seeing somebody that I knew was good, like not like have an audience to do their thing in. Like it's yeah, just weird. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I actually I'm so sorry, man. I actually didn't realize that I have a meeting that I was right. like, we're like, we got to end up right now. Anyway. Yeah. It's, so it's, I got a piece. Out. I just didn't even realize it was like, fucking get the fuck off my show. Right. Then thank you so much for having Bye. me on, man. I appreciate it. Kiara. It's great to hey, see you. Good great luck. To see you. And just just, you know, just say to grandpa, Matt Napo. I will. Just, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you later, man. Peace. All right. See you later. Bye. Wow. Uh, John Pavaramo, you dystopia off. tonight. Dystopia tonight dot com. Hold uh, on, let me do a big one. Oh, let me do a big stretch. Okay, okay, go ahead. Dystopia yeah, there was no, and, and That was, uh, I, I was expecting some um, fireworks between you we've two. Had, or, no, or we've had, we've had him on the show before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, I thought that was uh, very insightful, some of that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the Norm stuff, uh, you know, both of those specials, I just, uh, um, I was disappointed in both of them, but that's I'm me. not a Netflix kind of gal. I Neither just... am I. I just, I all oh, that's the only thing I've watched on Netflix in the last. I mean, I watched Jerry Seinfeld, but that's not Netflix. They're just playing They're everywhere. his. You They're know, everywhere the... Seinfeld is everywhere. I don't it's have cable. I don't have cable. Me neither. I, so you know, I you know, Netflix. I'll just go on for Seinfeld, but he he didn't originate on Netflix. You know, so yeah. So tomorrow, um, Travis Lipsky. Will be here now. I know you don't know who Travis is. Uh, you, people... You've mentioned Travis. He's one of the unbookables. That right. Uh, right. He's he's almost the last unbookable that I for me to get. There's one more Norm Wilkerson. I don't even know if Norm's still alive. Um, and I, I'm not really looking for him because I don't really ever. Now Travis is somebody I don't know what to expect from. I as I was saying last week, you can't know anybody really from what their online presence. His online presence makes me feel like uh, he's somewhere on the Inman scale. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, people on, you know, you never know based on their online posts. I mean, yeah, you know, it's... J- Jamie's saying get Inman back. Never, never, will never happen. Get him uh, back. I'd, like, I'd love to meet him. I'd love to. I don't think I need to know would. who First he is. All, I mean, I hear all, all about him all the time. I need to know who he is. I think you should. Even if it's for like a you know like twenty minutes something, he, I don't. Think I want to get possible. a clear picture. You, but basically, you can't say hello to him without getting twenty or thirty minutes of a yelling and screaming response about some bizarre shit about how everything is a fucking conspiracy. Uh, mm-hmm. James is just a he's a lot to handle. He's a very intense person and not really saying much, but saying it loud enough. That, that's and but it's good for it. Like, like as Stern would say, it's good for radio. Let it go. Yeah. It's good for radio. Well, I thought it was good for radio for the first couple of times I had him on, but then when he was on Jamie and and uh, Carl, well, I, maybe it was on Last Rights with them, or it might have been of Dykes and Man. No, it was of Dykes and Man. But and it was boring as fuck. It was boring. He was boring mm. as fuck because he was trying to make points that were incoherent or telling stories that didn't make. He was a more sedate Inman than I've ever seen him before. I think he wanted to be on that show and and impress, and all he was doing was boring the fuck out of me. Um, mm. But I'm not talking to him, so uh, at this point, I kind of we blocked each other. Don't want anything to do with each other because 
And it had nothing to do with politics, but it had everything to do with the, the war in Ukraine. And he was kind of celebrating children getting killed by Russians. Oh, man. And I was like, you know what, that, 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 that's, a, that's a line that's hard for, for me to cross. I mean, because he's a conspiracy thing, and he's basically saying Ukraine's all in Nazis and they deserve what they're getting and all that stuff. I said, you realize children are dying. They, whoop, we lost her. Wow. I'm losing people left and right. Well, it's just me. Anyway, dystopia tonight. I guess that that's a good uh, sign that I should wrap this thing the fuck up and tell everybody thanks for coming. I'll give uh, uh, Kiera one more minute to, to. Yeah, there she is. She she's back. I lost you for Sorry, a second. Sorry, I don't know. Let me why come back in on the wrong side. All right, so go ahead. The Nazis. Yeah, so basically they deserve what they're getting. And I said, basically, you know, that means children are dying. Well, they're full of Nazis. So is your hometown. Nazis are everywhere. Nazis are in the United... We have more Nazis in the United States. Does that mean our kids should die, too? Anyway, that was when we blocked each other. So we don't talk to each other anymore. So I can't even ask them to be on the show just to meet you. (laughs) Appease you. So that's Uh, not going to happen. Or at least it won't be happening in the near future. There's other guests. So Travis will be with us tomorrow. And that's pretty close to Inman, I think. We'll find out. I've never talked to him. Like uh, The one joke that sticks out in my mind from the unbookables is Travis talking about car seats. Everybody, uh, I mean, seatbelts. Everybody's talking about seatbelts, how they save lives. But what if you're waiting for an organ donor? <laughs> Meaning, you know. <laughs> you that's, want why there's, that's why there's no helmet law in uh, Florida. For, for organ donors? Uh, yeah. I don't wow. know where that came from. I was, I, maybe I made that connection. Or maybe, maybe I did. made that connection. Maybe. Yeah, there's no helmet law, so, you know, that's uh, let it happen. Unless you're looking for a brain transplant, you're probably in luck then. Yeah, probably in luck. Oh, that's terrible. You know, I see hey. these guys on the road now, and they're, and they're zooming down the road on their Ninja Kawasaki bikes, and they don't have any protection on. They're in shorts and sneakers and, you know, T-shirts. I'm like, ouch. That's yeah. going to hurt. That is They're weaving hurt. in and out of traffic. I'm like, don't, don't they have any common sense? Like, at least wear leather and, you know. But No, some of those guys, and they're not going to be the ones who get killed. They're the ones going to be cause a massive pileup of, of cars yeah. because they're weaving in and out. It's so dangerous. Yeah. It's so dangerous. And there's always, like, a group of them. I almost, I almost merged into a motorcycle who wasn't doing that. He was just being a good motorcycle driver, and I he was in my blind spot, and I went to move over oh i hate those people who hang in the blind spot oh god you should be conscious of that i know but i felt so bad and he followed me for a while and he was every time like we were in traffic and every time we stopped he would pull up to the passenger side and you know window and just start screaming at me and i had my windows rolled up i pretended i didn't see him but you know i did mouth sorry but you know i felt really bad i it could have ended badly but it didn't sorry guy yeah, but I'm very conscious of that. Second. When I'm in somebody's blind spot, I make sure that I'm either going to pull up in front of them or alongside of them so I'm not hanging in their blind spot. That is the worst feeling when somebody's just yeah. hanging right back there like on purpose. Yeah. Pass me or get behind me or do something, but don't stay right there. <laughs> Especially with trucks, like when, when Matt hangs out, when he drives and we're like in the blind spot of a truck. And I'm oh. like, can we just pass him or like let him pass us because right. he's going to want to get over. He's in the middle lane. He's gonna have to get off soon. It's 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 bad. It's One day we're me. gonna have to have Matt on here and yell at him about that. 
I think we should have Matt on here one day. Yeah, people just should know what he looks like, and 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 because you, a lot of people probably think you made him up. That that you just kind of fantasized is, a different version of me because you gave yeah. him my name and all. Oh yeah, wouldn't that so, be awkward? Those people asked if we were married, and you were quick to no. <laughs> was I? Was I? Oh, was I? Yeah, you no, jumped. I said you we jumped right out. No, I said we should make a song. If we were married. Yeah, if yeah. Uh, yeah, if I were a carpenter and you were a lady, would you would you marry me anyway? Would you have my baby? You remember Speaking that? Speaking of you know? carpenter, no. I got stung by a freaking it wasn't a carpenter bee actually, but I thought of you because the last time I got stung by a bee was at a gig in the same exact fucking spot on on my lower back. I got stung by a bee and and you were like, "Nope, where's the bee?" Right? Right. right. So this I time I, and I had like a floral skirt on. The bee flew up my skirt as I was having a conversation with someone. Stung me, right? This motherfucker. And it's, cr- and it's flying around in my skirt. I got inside and it flew out, okay? Still alive because bumblebees can sting repeatedly and not die because their stingers are not barbed. Well, I it's learned only something honeybees. today. Only oh. honeybees. Yep, have barbed stingers and will die after one, after one sting. You, you just reminded me that yesterday I, I found out I have a bee infestation in my uh, siding on one part of the what house. What kind of bee? I think they're yellow jackets. I'm not really sure. I did. I I pulled out the Google search and educated myself on what types of bees and what kind of bees and which ones are more aggressive. And, and you know, bumblebees won't sting you unless they're cornered. So he was cornered between my ass cheeks and my hand. And he decided to... Uh... <laughs> I can see him wanting to panic then. Like, what am I going to do? Panic. Yeah. And only the female sting. So, she, you know, she wasn't a lesbian. So Wow. She wanted yeah, to get I out of know. You're teaching me about bees today. Go figure. You taught me about bees. I know, first, but like... I didn't know that bumblebees could sting more than once. And more I wanted than to know, know who caused me this type of pain. And right. so I, I, I was going to let my cat kill it. And then Matt was like, no, save the bees. I want no acts of vengeance. So he trapped the bee and he let it go. He right. let her go. And, you know, so I'm. I'm going to have to freeze those bees out today. Thank you for reminding me that. Freeze them out. No, save the bees, dude. Relocate if the If they nest. were honeybees, uh, honey I would I would do my best to, to not have to freeze them out. But they're not honeybees. I think they're yellow jackets. Um, yellow jackets are ugly and nasty and mean. Yes, they are very aggressive. They are one of the most aggressive species of bees. Right. All right. Well, okay. want to wrap this dumb show up? Can um, I, can I, re- my article uh, is very yes, relevant? Yes, you can. But I also want to, before you do that, remind you that tomorrow night, Jenny Garver, uh, Escaping Gravity, NASA, former NASA <laughs> uh, director, who's going to be on, and she's going to talk, talk about wanting the reason she wanted to change NASA and make it more progressive. And, it's because uh, the world is flat. Yes. Well, all the resistance you got from not just the Obama administration, but the Trump administration, and then that same resistance is happening under the Biden to modernize NASA and to make it more efficient and to make it more um, more science based rather than just you know politi- using Hollywood. for a market marketing. You know, they, they tend to use mar- all the NASA stuff as you know. Not marketing, but it's somewhat like uh, sensational news for, you know, make it feel like the government's doing something rather than actually doing anything uh, worthwhile. So mm. she's going to talk about that tomorrow night. I should be She'll probably be on Suicide Watch soon. 
because she wants to. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what that (laughs) I I posted about just uh, Ghislaine Maxwell uh, Mm -hmm. being on Suicide Watch, what that means in in government speak. Yeah. It's basically we've decided how and when you're going to die. Exactly. (laughs) Or or she might not even, she might just be like transported somewhere. She might be already dead. Yeah. 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 All right, give give us some uh, something good to end this dumb show. Okay, a uh, little backstory here because for this concerning this article. Um, so I like to sing all the time, every day, twenty four hours a day, and I drive everyone crazy, including Matt and my children. Uh, and so I was a little shy moving into this complex because there's very thin walls, thin ceilings. So my neighbors upstairs, so I kind of sing like you know lightly, small. And sometimes when I'm feeling it in the shower, I just belt it out. And every time I see her that day, she can't make eye contact with me. Like, <laughs> so I feel like she wants to kill me. All right. So um, is that it? Or is she just think maybe she's just shy? I, don't, I mean, she has to hear me. I mean, it's try like singing blown. hero to her. That works with me. When they don't make eye contact with you, try singing hero. <laughs> really creepy. Yeah. I thought you meant you wanted me to sing Mariah Carey's Hero, so I went out and learned that song. Oh. That's when you were, you know you made suggestions, but anyway, so I learned the wrong hero. But no, uh, that's the one I, I meant. Oh, for really? You, oh, okay. For you, okay. Yeah. So this article is from Mirror.com, uh, Mirror.co uh, from the UK. Uh, my neighbors want me evicted because of my singing, but I'll never stop. So this this woman, Jessie Thomas, claimed their landlord told them they could be evicted because of their singing after their neighbor neighbors filed a noise complaint but they won't stop i don't can you get evicted for constantly singing in daytime hours if it's loud enough sure yeah any kind of noise any volume or uh if it's that loud sure if you're singing through a pa especially yes (laughs) i mean when i lived in when i lived in woodside um because uh, I, I was from Southhold, so I'm, I was in the middle of nowhere. No one could hear me. I was always singing. It was the first time I was in an apartment, and my uh, my roommates were at work, and I was all alone. And so I was just belting out some tunes, and I went outside, and my neighbors were like, "You're freaking awesome!" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry." Yeah. And it was one of the first times I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't sing." I, I, that's why I didn't like living in the city. Where are you supposed to rehearse? You have to rent a studio. You have to go something like that. Yeah. Well, now they have these booths. I don't know if you've seen them. They advertise no. them on social media. And it's a a little box booth. You can stick your head in it and sing. It's like a soundproof thing where you can. It's really? made for recording in studios. If you if you live like in an apartment thing and you have your little home studio in an apartment, it's a soundproof like booth that fits around your head that you with a microphone in it and you can you can sing. I need one of those. I, I don't wonder that. how expensive they are. I haven't looked into them. I, it looks yeah. it looks interesting. I want to because just to, for practicing for me. That's why I never practice singing because I'm in a house full of people and I don't. My wife used to uh, think it was cute that I would do scales and stuff like a, a big. Do you know burly man doing? You know, I'm not gonna oh, do it now. sound of music stuff. Yeah. Um, that's why I have my car. But you know, they could still hear you. And then when people walk by, I have to stop, to pause, to wait because I, I'm very shy. I, I, I don't like it. You know, but um, unless I'm performing. But yeah. So, so I guess my neighbors could file a noise complaint. I'm glad they haven't. Um, and then I used to when I lived in a basement apartment. Um, I used to put on the vacuum 
and I thought my, you know, the people upstairs couldn't hear me while I was, you know, vacuuming. And when I started singing with Vavum, my landlords, who are my dad's friends, came up on, on, grabbed the mic, and they were like, we heard her when she used to sing into her vacuum. We're so proud of her. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So they heard me, too. <laughs> it didn't work. So. Yeah, $389 is what they what they. Oh, that's not bad. It's not terrible. That was going to be like $1,000. Oh, no, there's one, on, there's one on Prime for 199 Concept Can we see innovative. what this looks like? Can you pull this up? Because I yes, uh, I want to see this box you stick your head in and screaming. Uh, hold on. I need one of those. how I uh, share this here. Can work on uh, my death metal. You know what? I should, <laughs> we, we, if we do this. Uh, on a regular basis, we could get we could monetize the hell out of this kind of stuff because Amazon pays you for uh, for you know if we could help sell this kind of stuff. So it's what? actually closes behind you. This thing. That's not what I pictured. Right. Uh, well, they, that's like not a... what the what the ones on Facebook look like either. But it folds. Yeah, that that's can't more really like be it. truly soundproof. That's. No, no, no the, but there is, they're just keeping it open so you can see there's a flap that gets behind you too, so you get in there with it. So, But it, the sound will go underneath. You're not really in a, I thought it was uh, like, a, no, like a plexiglass kind of like. It does, it, it deadens the sound so there's not much sound escape. The, the material that it's made of is, is sound absorbent. Can you so, imagine that guy just goes in there to scream? You know, he gets in a fight with his wife. He's like, okay, honey, uh, I'll be back. Oh! <gasps> Yeah. Isolation sound booth for yeah, it, it is pretty. <laughs> and I think I there are that. flaps on the bottom that you can kind of close it off too a little bit, but it's really sound absorbent material. So you really can't play any instrument like a flute or something in there. It's not big enough. Right, you can't no. be a flute player. No, they need to make something bigger. Well, I actually, I, I think I saw some like a portable thing of that. I, I thought I saw a commercial for something a little smaller. Yeah, but now I, I can't picture what it looks like. Yeah. I don't remember. Oh, anyway. maybe it was like a mask. So so the girl, where was that? In England? Where was the Where did she got uh, evicted for singing? She didn't, but she made a TikTok and she was like, I'll never stop singing. And then she started singing uh, Eye of the Tiger, which did I would sing? file a noise complaint to. Oh, I could play it. I kind of No, no, don't play it. We got oh. enough copyright strikes. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like Eye of the Tiger. I think she was doing it on purpose. But, um, yeah. No, if you can't sing, I could see neighbors getting really upset. If you sing loudly and you're really off key, like, yeah, get off, man. You got to get out. You can't be doing no, that. No, people should be able to express themselves. I mean, they're in their own flat. They should be able to do whatever they want as long as it's, you know, reasonable hours. Like, not at 2 in the morning, I don't want no, to. No, I agree. Yeah, there is a, you know, some people get carried away. You can't play your music after. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have that problem. You know, where the neighbors will call at Garden Grill because, you know, we should be able to play outside and, you know, people should enjoy eating while we have two months of summer because we're in New York. But, you know, why why complain? You know, you live next to a restaurant. Let us have some fun. Nine o'clock's not unreasonable. There was that Hedberg thing where they lived in an apartment. He lived in an apartment next to Nick DiPaolo. And when Hedberg used to play his music too loud, DiPaolo used to bang on the wall. I forget the, the, but Hedberg used to bust his balls like, I can't, they, there's no door. I can't let you in. He'd be banging on the, the wall. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure I, I butchered it. And I don't, know, I don't know what it actually was, but it was something along those lines. Anyway, mm. 
anyway. that's the show for today. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go and then get the hell out of here because I want to get off Facebook before I play the outro music, so I don't get any copyright strikes. What I did was just so everybody knows, I went to my publisher and said. Take all the protection off all my music. I don't care who steals it. The aggravation from getting these copyright strikes from using my own music in my own videos is going to give me a stroke. I want people to be able to steal my music for the $6 a year I'm making. <laughs> That's an, uh, an exaggeration. But I'm not making enough money to care about them protecting my music. If somebody wants to steal it, let them steal it. But I want to be able to use it myself. Take all the protections off. Uh, because it's getting insane that I'm you getting. You should copied. be protected. You shouldn't Why? mow your. You shouldn't mow your grass. Whatever you said, all over oh, the yeah. lawn. I don't mean that kind of protection. Always use protection. No, you're right. I like to shoot my grass all over the lawn. <laughs> That's I don't, what it was. I don't want to put a bag on my mower. Um, but <laughs> every day I'm getting two or three copyright strikes from social media, yeah, usually from that's Facebook. That's ridiculous. For I my know. own music, it says it says right, dear Matt Napo, you've video was taken down because part of the uh, content is owned <laughs> by Matt Napo. Dear Matt Napo. It's frustrating because you want to like pay homage to like when I had the girls dancing the like ACDC and you know it was like a three second clip and then I it, it was muted. I was like all right I don't like ACDC anymore then. Yeah. You know it's like oh, but why? it's me. It's my stuff. I know but it's still it's it but seriously it's only like a little clip and then and you know I'm showing how much I love their music and no, I, I edited yeah. a, a birthday video for Vinny. Janet put it to, asked me to put it together, and two of his friends were singing "Birthday" by the Beatles to him for his birthday. It was a birthday thing, and it got um, taken down. I got a copyright strike for oh using the Beatles' birthday. But come on, the Beatles haven't made enough billions off of their music that they can let birthdays it's slide a on somebody's birthday. It's a compliment. Right. I mean, like like you said, like if someone was using my song, I'd I'd be like, wow, you know. I mean, if they were making money, then I would, like you said, it depends how much money you're making. Um, nobody's going to be making yeah. money off of. Oh, I robbed those. 30 cents from you. Yeah. Put me in jail. Yeah. It's yeah. too much nowadays. But anyway. All right. Get I off digress. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm playing the music. Don't say anything. As we speak, I'm removing this from Facebook right now so that I can play my own intro music, outro music. Oh, I'm seeing the wrong thing. I just pushed the wrong damn button. Excuse me for that. I got to remove this from Facebook. Remove from Facebook. Remove from Facebook. Yes, that's one. Uh, it's two. And one more. Actually, I have four of them. Uh we moved from Facebook in four, all four places. Good, I'm out of there. Now I can say goodbye. Now, join me tomorrow. Uh, Travis Lipke will be with me. And at, tomorrow night at 8 p.m., Lori Garber, uh, Escaping Gravity. Uh, hope we'll see you then. Thanks for coming today. Have a great rest of your day. And bye for now. Don't forget to turn on your radio.
me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to 